You're listening to Sports Radio 560 WQAM. Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Go find yourself a real job, okay, Andy? Whoever you are. You get a lot of it. No. No. New York Governor Elliot Spitzer linked to a major prostitution ring. Can I ever have the cash to pay? Cause from all that I have learned, it's so expensive to get laid. What can I afford to give you? And when I should ever have to pay $5,000? Your tongue prettier than a twenty dollar whore. Keep saving, keep praying, blowing through your cash to shoot your seed. Hardcore, five thousand dollar whore. A good time at their time. I'm getting my money's worth. Put yourself a Saturn with that. Happy anniversary to uh, us. Five years in Iraq. Aren't you excited about that? Let's have a party. Let's have the. I, uh, I plan to. Some party favors and balloons. See, uh, I know the media doesn't oh, understand wait, this because the moment. media are perfect. And they, don't, they do no hanky spanky. But party guys just want to get laid. Okay, that's uh, you know. Yeah. Important guys, unimportant guys, rich guys, poor guys. I could play the news sounder if I knew rich you were going to be breaking stories yeah, like that. There. Guys just want to get laid. Dead guy. There's a dead guy for you. Who? Ivan Dixon. From Hogan's Heroes? Oh, I'm surprised you knew who that was. Love Hogan's Heroes. I was hoping to catch you off guard. Actor, director, and producer Ivan Dixon, best known for his role as Kinchlow in the television series Hogan's Heroes, died in Charlotte at the age of 76. I didn't watch that show. I hated that show. But <laughs> that perfect sentence. Mark that, would you, Chris? Okay. Why? It was a funny show. So if you hated it, you didn't watch it, see, that all makes sense now. It's a very funny show. Like the Beverly Hillbillies that you didn't Let watch. Let me say it again, I hated both of those uh-huh. shows. I know, and you watch Leave it to Beaver. The wife's been watching that. The most unfunny, droll, nothing happening show in the well, existence of the like human Wally. race. I know, I know. But so the Beverly Hillbillies that? said it was funny and ripped into everything. You didn't uh, like that because nobody Dixon died them. Sunday at Presbyterian Hospital in Charlotte after suffering a hemorrhage and from complications from kidney failure said his daughter... Doris Dixon of Charlotte. Actor Sidney Poitier said the two men became friends after Dixon was his stump double in the 58 movie, The Defiant Ones. As an actor, you had to be careful, Poitier said in a statement. He was quite likely to walk off with a scene. Dixon began his acting career on Broadway in plays that included The Cave Dwellers and A Raisin in the Sun. On film, he appeared in Something of Value, A Raisin in the Sun, A Patch of Blue, Nothing But a Man, and the cult favorite, Car Wash. Mm Mm-hmm. But he was probably best known for the role of U.S. Staff Sergeant James Kinchlow on Hogan's Heroes. Kinchlow, who's in charge of electronic communications, can mimic German officers on the radio or phone, it says. While her father was most, uh, 
Boy, this doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, worked mostly in plays such as Raisin in the Sun and for films such as Nothing But a Man. He had no mixed feelings about being recognized for the role of Kinslow, his daughter said. It was a pivotal role as well because there weren't as many blacks in TV series at the time, she said. He did have some personal issues with that role, but also launched him into directing. He earned an Emmy nomination for his performance in the CBS Playhouse special, The Final War of Ollie Winter. Let's get an Ollie Burger. What do you say? I'll run right out. In addition to acting on TV, he also directed hundreds of episodic shows, including The Waltons, The Rockford Files, Magnum P.U., and In the Heat of the Night. That's another bad show, Magnum P.U. Oh, my God. It was very, very... Gay, was it? Well, Tom Selleck was in it, and then, of course, that... Uh, what was the uh, butler's name? Uh... I don't know, Jeeves? No, it was not Jeeves. Come on, you can do better than that. Well, I didn't watch that show. You think I watched that show? Cop show. No, I hope detective, not. Detective show. Here's the poll from yesterday. Who do you think will be our next president? We didn't even do a 1,000 votes total on that poll. Well, what's that all about? Chris? Uh, Higgins. That's it. Higgins was the name of that uh, fag. I mean, that butler. Who do you think will be the next president? 955 votes is all we had. That's lame. Barack Obama, 403, John McCain, 264, Swillery, 128, Don't Know, 118, and Don't Care, 42. Don't Care, I Just Want to Get Laid. That's what guys want. Yeah. They want to get laid, and they want something uh, new and exciting. That's a good poll question. How many times can you screw somebody before you get tired of them and you want somebody new? You know. Three. <laughs> oh. Fill out your brackets for the big tournament now. That's coming up. I'm off on Friday. I can't believe that. That's some of the best news I've had in a long, long time. And George is going to be off next Monday. Monday, right. I'm going to be very Easterish. Just log on to WQM.com. Register to play Hoops Hysteria. Picks can be made round by round and bonus points given for picking up sets. Hoops Hysteria online at WQM.com. We won't be doing a restaurant, by the way, tomorrow. So those of you who are like regular certificate uh, grabbers and buyers, and we won't be. Well, it's one of those things, you know. Right. Don't do the spots. They're out of business. Oh, my God. I still I still can't. There are a couple of things that have happened the last two days that I just can't believe. Just goes to show you. Yeah. If you wait you long know, enough, some, something will happen. Just when you think you know something, then uh, you realize how stupid you are. Oh, speaking of stupid, there he is. You're a fearless leader, man. And there's that stubborn 20% or whatever it is, 25%. Oh, no, we think the president's doing a wonderful job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just scary to look at it, man. It just uh, brings terror. That's that's the war on terror. Thank you for the great economy and the worthless dollar and the uh, the cheap gas and all these other things, man. And all the dead people, too. Forget about that. Now, here's today's poll. we got 588 votes on it. This is from the Palm Beach Troublemaker. I thought it was pretty good. It was mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. The most important lesson I've learned over the years from the Neil Rogers Show is... Religion is for crazy people, 214. For crazy, intolerant, hateful people. Why should it be any surprise that uh, Obama's uh, pastor is a crazy person? Full of hate and spewing and uh, all that other crap. Why right. is that uh, such a big deal? Which one isn't? Do no harm, 91. Well, it's not even close. Religion is for crazy people. Wins hands down your pants. Especially if you're Catholic. Do no harm, 91. Just shut up and cash the checks, 89. Don't get into radio, 75. Sugar is the worst drug in the world, 50. That's true. It's addictive, man. I don't care what you say. Sugar is addictive. Anybody who tells you that, in fact, refined carbohydrates are addictive. Not just sugar, but like um, 
potato chips and, uh, you know, you can't eat only one bag. Right. Can't eat only one. Uh, what are those things coming? Chew! Kringles, you know. Uh, body wash isn't gay, 36. And don't be a sport hole, 33. That's in last place. 588. Don't be a sport hole. You can be an a-hole, but don't be a sport hole. Well, after five long years, the Iraq Wars toll mounts, says Capitol Hill Blue. I got a good Doug Thompson article uh, column a little later on, too, as a matter of fact. I got some crap. George had some crap, but he got rid of it. Don't do that spot. They're out of business. I just sit here. I shake my head. I wonder, you know, what it's all about. Don't you wonder what it's all about? Nope. I know what it's all about. Crap. Schlock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cap of Little Blue says, as America marks five long, grisly years of war, waste, fraud, and abuse in Iraq, President George W. Bush plans to claim success and say the war must go on while demonstrators protest and his Democratic opponents say it's time to admit failure and bring the troops home. Saddam Hussein... No- Not since Vietnam has the war so divided this nation and today's observances mark a conflict that have lasted half the length of Vietnam and longer than WW2, but has cost the nation far more in political damage and lost prestige and morale. While American deaths haven't yet reached the level of Vietnam, the toll is approaching 4,000 and thousands upon thousands of Iraqi civilians have died. Polls show most Americans feel the war is a failure. On Capitol Hill, opponents call Bush's invasion the most monumental foreign policy blunder in American history. While Bush squanders away money, American lives, and this nation's prestige in Iraq, the nation's economy plunges into recession amid a housing and banking crisis that some say could trigger a depression. Democratic presidential contender Swillery Clinton spoke about the war Monday, but she's saddled by the fact that she voted, along with most of her Senate colleagues, to give Bush the authority to invade Iraq. Democratic frontrunner Barack Obama is expected to speak up more forcefully against the war today. Of the remaining Democratic and Republican presidential contenders, only John McCain continues to support the war without question. It'll be a sad and interesting day. The Associated Press reports that five years after launching the U.S. invasion of Iraq, President Bush is making some of his most expansive claims of success in the fighting there. Bush said last year's troop buildup has turned Iraq around and produced the first large-scale Arab uprising against Osama Yamama bin Laden. Massive anti-war demonstrations were planned in downtown Washington to mark today's anniversary of the war, which has claimed the lives of nearly 4,000 U.S. troops. Across the river at the Pentagon, Bush was to give a speech, which he's doing right now, to warn that backsliding in recent progress, fueled by the increase of 30,000 troops he ordered more than a year ago, cannot be uh, allowed. The challenge in the period ahead is to consolidate the gains we've made and seal the extremist defeat, he says, in excerpts from the White House release last night that he's mouthing right now. Engage these enemies with courage. We've learned through hotter experience what happens when we pull our forces back too fast. The terrorists and extremists step in, fill the vacuum, establish safe havens, and use them to spread chaos and carnage. Democrats took a different view. Representative John Dingell of Michigan said on this grim milestone, it's worth remembering how we got into this situation and thinking about how we can best get out. The tasks that remain in Iraq to bring an end to sectarian conflict, to devise a way to share political power, and to create a functioning government that's capable of providing for the needs of the Iraqi people are tasks that only the Iraqis can complete. In other words, let's get the hell out. Well, we still got a few people alive, okay? Let's get them the hell out. And stop all this grandstanding. You know, McCain shows up over there, and this one shows up, and that one shows It's just, and there was Jew Lieberman had to correct McCain. You see that? He had a whisper in his ear like, yeah. you're full of crap, John. You're seeing Alan full of, well, of course... When it comes to being full of crap, Jew Lieberman, he knows what that's all about. He has great expertise on that. I think he probably uh, tied the tefillin around his uh, neck too tight, don't you? Indeed. 
Six oh nine on the poll. What are you going for today, Chris? Seven fifty, something like that. Eight hundred. Yeah, about eight hundred. Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand votes on the poll today. We're not never coming back. Twelve minutes after ten at five sixty WQM. Don't forget, no restaurant deal for us tomorrow. We're taking a week off because, uh, well. Don't do the spots. They're out of business. Oh. Neil God. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, the tale of an a-hole cop who pulled over Mary Ann on a traffic stop. He collared Dawn and didn't care if she's Mary Ann or not. This dude to bag small town moron busted her for pot. He busted her for pot. It seems that only Idaho's live in Idaho like their senator. I'm Larry Craig. And marijuana is a gateway drug, uh, uh, that is to say, uh, a, a great way drug. Dawn Wells is not gay, but she was a very naughty girl. A very naughty girl. Most fellas say she helped them get through puberty. Not me. I had the hots for the professor myself. Now, to excuse me, I must assume my penalistic stance. Hello there. Uh-huh. <laughs> what the hell was that? Wow, talk about follow the bouncing balls. I'm trying to figure that one out. 1018 at 560 WQAM. Well, we're having a spastic uh, response. We had a humongous response on our website yesterday, and today it's like uh, they all went away. I don't understand it. They're, they're strange lately. They're really strange. Here's our uh, schedule for today. Speaking of strange, we got the... Now, wait a minute. Yeah, we got the jerk show from two to four, but then I see we got the DA show from four to seven. Where's Mr. Mad Dog? Taking a day off, I think. Wow. Well, one thing about DA man, he's getting all the time slots. That's good. Dolphins all assets from a seven to nine. Then we got John Linder doing the DA show from nine to midnight. He'll be there. He will not be out sick, I'm sure. Like the Beast, who's uh, on the verge. Uh, somebody got a big piano case. Anybody out there has got a big piano case you might want to buy it for you. Have a big celebration of uh, the beast's death soon. Might as well have a celebration. There's no point in having a wake and getting morbid and depressed, right? Right. And we can just write on there on the side of the piano case, he ate himself to death. I guess that Baba Ganoush is what put him over the edge. It would it sure have done it for me. Remember those days? Sure. Baba Ganoush. So during that last break, the maid, I didn't know who it was. There was a knocking on my door, and I couldn't imagine who the hell it might be. So I had to throw on my walking shorts and my shirt and open the door, and there's the maid there, which today is Wednesday. It's a Woodbine Wednesday because it's Maid Day. May Day, May Day. And, uh, oh, we're having a big meeting today. Would it be okay? And I said, just uh, see you next week. Get out of here, bitch. And she said, oh, okay. Or we'll send you back to whatever banana republic you came from, honey. All the, uh, well, I don't want to say that, that they're all like illegal aliens or whatever. Are Is they? that unusual? I guess not. No, no, it's standard. Is that standard way it works? I, I don't know that for a fact, but I just assume so. 623 votes on the poll today. Now, I think we can make uh, eight, I don't know, eight, nine, ten vote. Stop that million-dollar check. It's turn out the, uh, it turns out, I can't read this right. I'm too tongue-tied. It turns out the call girl linked to Elliot Spitzer had already shed her clothes for Girls Gone Wild as an 18-year-old while partying in Miami, the video company's founder said yesterday. How do you like that? All right. Who are we talking about? Ashley Dupre. Okay. Joe Francis reached out to Ashley Alexander Dupre, now 22, with an offer of a million dollars to appear in a non-nude spread 
for his company's new magazine, plus a chance to join the Girls Gone Wild tour bus, his company announced yesterday. But Francis said somebody had a revelation at the Tuesday morning staff meeting. Did anybody think to check the archives? They did, he said, and there she was. It'll save me a million bucks, Francis said. It's kind of like finding a winning lottery ticket in the cushions of your couch. Well, I'm going to go look in the cushions of my couch now. You finish this show. I'm going to go right. looking for that winning lotto ticket. Francis said at that point his offer was off the table. I've got to take my shirt off. It's too warm in here. Oh, not that it's thought. so warm, huh? Some stripper music for that? No. It's, it's not that it's so warm, like outside. It's just that it's not, uh, we don't have these horrendous, like, minus 17 at night anymore. So it's kind of like, in general, warming up a little bit. Because spring is like uh, tomorrow, right? Okay. When we, uh, can't we say spring has sprung? And then Friday I'm off. Oh, oh hallelujah. It's good Friday. I'm going to be Catholic. I'm going to spend the whole day hunting for altar boys. Francis said that at that point his offer was off the table. We actually have been dealing with her rep. He said our offer was the real deal. We just never made the connection. He said his employees got to work on pulling the footage and plan to offer it on the website by last night. Maybe it's there already with a free sampling on the front page and the rest available with a $29.95 monthly subscription. Girls Gone Wild. Google it and uh, find it and maybe she's there. Dupre's attorney Don Buckwall declined comment. Don Buckwald. How do you like that? Oh, my God. Are you schmitting me or what? Too bad, uh, you know, Howard's got Don Buckwald. Look what I got. Look what I got. You fairy. Yeah. Is this from you, this fax, or what? Yes. Oh, it's a uh, liner. Nothing could be finer than to read a stupid liner. Join QM's uh, Orlando Elsa Query today. Rock solid. From 11 to 1 for the FedEx Cup. Come by the FedEx Kinko's at 10005, that's 10,005 Northwest 41st Street, and you could receive a ticket to the World Golf Championship, CA Championship, while they last. Plus, have your golf swing analyzed by renowned golf instructor Jim McLean. Wow. Now, remind me to read that again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have your golf swing analyzed. All right. Anyway, uh, the, getting back to this, Dupree, according to a Girls Gone Wild press conference, she visited Miami in 2003 to celebrate her 18th birthday. After fighting with a friend and getting thrown out of her hotel, she found a nearby Girls Gone Wild bus. She signed legal papers and spent a full week on the bus filming seven full-length tapes that included nudity and same-sex encounters, according to the company. I personally ended up buying her a Greyhound bus ticket back home to North Carolina, Francis said. Francis returned to California last week after being sentenced to time Time served and fines in Florida in a case involving filming underage girls. He still faces trial on federal tax evasion charges that carry a penalty of up to 10 years in the slammer. Dupre's public profile has skyrocketed since Spitzer of the New York governor announced his resignation. Bop, 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 beep, beep, beep. Dupre's MySpace page was hit more than 5 million times in the days immediately after the scandal broke. Her musical efforts, including two songs posted at the music sharing site Amy Street, were listened to hundreds of thousands of times and played on national airwaves. Hustler publisher Larry Flint told the Associated Press Friday that he mailed Dupre offering her a million dollars to appear nude in his magazine, but didn't sound optimistic she would settle for that amount. Flint suggested that by the time she starts talking, she may be too big a media phenomenon for a simple magazine spread. She's no doubt going to do a book. There'll probably be a movie. He said, I think she's going to have so many offers coming in that it'll probably be wishful thinking just to get in the door, so to speak. That's what Larry Flint said. I'm sure he didn't say it quite that way, but he has difficulty speaking because they... Um you know, any of the porn peddlers, sooner or later, whether it's Al Goldstein or Larry Clint, they get them. They get them. wonder when Ron Jeremy's going to get his. 
Maybe they'll slice off his... 632 okay. votes on the poll. Let's see how we're doing on that thing. Let's get Chris up to 900 today. That's our goal, 900. Okay, sounds good. How come we can't do 1,000 anymore? No. Well, we might be able to. It's only 1.7 for tonight, so... Get out of here. Are you a crazy person or what? As if I have to ask. I work here, don't I? Were you sane when you started or what? I think so. The most important lesson I've learned over the years from the Neil Rogers Show is religion is for crazy people. 227. It remains. Just like that one. Just shut up and cash the checks. 99. Do no harm. 97. Don't get into radio. 83. God forbid. Stay out of this business, man. It's a killer. Sugar is the worst drug in the world. 50. Worse than heroin. Worse than crack cocaine. Worse than uh, whatever. Sugar. Azucar, baby. Body wash isn't gay, 40. And don't be a uh, sport hole, 36. Unless you want to turn out to be another Clarence. Neon God. What the hell is that? Well, let's play it again. The biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Everybody's going back to see Mel's movie now. Mel's hit movie about the crucifixion. Just get past the violence, the movies come back now. Families go see the crucifixion. All that he went through, it's only fair. Making this movie was Mel's cross to bear. So come on, come on, watch the crucifixion with me. Do you ever wish that your family and friends knew their Bible verses better? Well, I have the answer to your prayers. From the makers of You Sank My Martyr comes a game the whole family can enjoy, Crucifixion. Crucifixion is not just fun to play, but it forces everyone to know their Bible. And it's easy to play. First, someone picks a word or phrase from the Bible, and the rest of the group takes turns trying to spell it. But be careful. If you pick a wrong letter, your little Jesus doll gets nailed. Um, I'll take a guess. Um, how about a K? Nope. Sorry, Billy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesus. After three nails and one spear to the chest, everyone loses. But don't worry. In three days, you can play again. So run down to your local Crucifixion toy store and grab up your very own copy of Crucifixion. Why not play tonight? Comes with a small Jesus doll, nails, and a tiny spear. Fake blood, wooden cross, and hammer not included. Crucifixion, a product of Trinity Brothers. Oh, my God. 1031 at 560 WQM. Don't forget we got the uh, Jerk Show coming at 2. How could you forget that? Now, is it uh, disrespectful and um, sacrilegious to be playing those things at just the era of Easter like this? No, it's Friday important. And... It's, uh, it's important. required. Oh, good. Because just like that poll is showing, man, the religious people are the crazy people and the dangerous people. These are the ones that will kill you with kindness, literally. Speaking of being killed, guess who's dead? I don't know. Vicky Van Meter. Who? See, I knew I'd find one for you that you would stump you. Vicky Van Meter, who made headlines in the 90s for piloting a plane across the U.S. at age 11 and from the U.S. to Europe at age 12, died in an apparent suicide. She was only 26. Van Meter died Saturday of an apparently self-inflicted gunshot wound. The Crawford County coroner said in Pittsburgh her body was found in Meadville, Pennsylvania, 
in her home on Sunday. Her brother said she battled depression, but her family thought she'd been dealing with her problems. She was unhappy, but it was hard for her to open up about that. We all thought she was coping, Daniel Van Meter said. He said she had opposed taking medication. Van Meter was celebrated in 93 and 94 when she made her cross... I, don't, I never heard of her. Did you? No. When she made her cross-country and transatlantic flights accompanied by only a flight instructor, her instructor said she was at the controls during the uh, entirety of both trips. If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything, Van Meter said before her second trip. In her teens, she said she hoped to become an astronaut when she grew up. Later, she earned a degree in criminal justice from Edinburgh University in Pennsylvania and spent two years with the Peace Corps in the former Soviet Republic of Moldova. She recently worked as an investigator for an insurance company. Her mother, Connie Van Meter, said her daughter had begun applying to graduate schools and wanted to study psychology. Van Meter was a sixth grader in September 93 when she flew from Augusta, Maine to San Diego over five days. I guess she did better than, uh, what's her name? Who was the child pilot, uh, Jessica? Right. Was that her name? Mm-hmm. Child pilot. She had to fight strong headwinds and turbulence that bounced her single-engine Cessna 172 and made her sick. <laughs> oh, boy. She was puking her guts out. At the time, she was believed to be the youngest girl to fly across the U.S. That record was broken by a nine-year-old in 94. Well... Excuse me. How about a fetus flying that plane? What do you say? The right to lifers are like that. Let the fetus fly it. Also in 94, Van Meter flew from August, Augusta to Glasgow, Scotland, and was credited with being the youngest girl to make a transatlantic flight. She battled dizziness brought on by high altitude and declared upon landing, I always thought it would be real hard, and it was. She was talking about the flight, I'm sure. The child pilot phenomenon ended in 1996. Here it is. When seven-year-old Jessica Dubroff, her father and instructor supervising the flight, were killed in a crash in Wyoming, while Jessica was trying to become the youngest person to fly across the country, Congress quickly passed a bill banning record-setting attempts by unlicensed pilots. Oh, God. I was really rooting for her, but I guess uh, reality says accidents do happen, Van Meter, then 14 said at the time of that crash. It's unfortunate it had to happen to someone so brave, somebody trying to fulfill her dreams. Connie Van Meter, or Corrine, her name is, I'm sorry. Said her daughter led a full and interesting life. She had more guts than any of us could ever imagine. Her funeral will be held in Meadville, but arrangements haven't been finalized. So all you people that want to go to poor little Vicky Van Meter's suicide, I mean, uh, funeral. <laughs> we'll be giving you the arrangements soon. You know, that's the morbid crowd. People like going to funerals. People whose idea of people a really actually fun, like that. People whose idea of a fun vacation is going to visit all the concentration oh, camps yeah. in Europe. Oh <laughs> yeah, what a hoot! I'm going to go visit all the camps and see where all the bones and dead people were. It's going to be so educational and wonderful. Wow! Why would anybody? I mean, life is so short. Why would you want to waste your time with something so morbid? But there are a lot of people who do crap like that, you know. People who do crap. 665 votes on that poll. We better get up over 700 by the uh, top of the hour by 11 o'clock. Then you got a shot at something. I don't know what. Okay. But it's pretty uh, scary. Scary, whatever happened on that website. Uh, was it down or something? Or did we have a little, uh, I don't know what, what the hell went on there. But that, it's a spastic market, man. We go from a phenomenal response yesterday, not, not so much on the poll, but just in terms of the website, to... Like vanishing, like we vanished from the face of the earth today. I think George chased away the whole audience last week. That was me. Did you, did you have what's-her-name-on-again from uh, Power? Yeah. Oh, God. Why? Why not? She's Lucia Lopez? She's hysterical. She's a pip. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I've never, right. never heard her, so I'm not going to prejudge. Right, well. What is the story with that? Besides the fact that she's, you know, female. Right. 
Here's the editorial on uh, Obama's speech yesterday, New York Times editorial. I also got a column by Maureen Dowd. I got all kinds of crap. Got all the latest polls out, and whatever whatever you want the poll to say, we got one to make you happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. McCain's ahead. He's behind. Uh, Obama's doing great. He's not doing so great anymore. Uh, Swillery's not so far ahead in uh, Pennsylvania as she was. No, actually, Pennsylvania, she's farther ahead, but Florida, she ain't. And on and on. Just goes, it's just nauseating. But there's the numbers racket again. See, when you're mailing it in like I am, you have to have a lot of numbers. And believe me, over the course of my lifetime, I've had lots of numbers. Some of them really good numbers, too. Nothing like a good number, you know what I mean? Mm. Mr. Obama's Profile and Courage writes the New York Times editorial. There are moments increasingly rare in risk-abhorrent modern campaigns when politicians are called upon to bear their fundamental beliefs. In the best of these moments, the speaker doesn't just salve the current political wound, but also illuminates larger troubling issues that the nation is wrestling with. Inaugural addresses by Abraham Lincoln and Franklin Roosevelt come to mind, as does JFK's 1960s speech on religion with its enduring vision of the separation between church and state. Senator Barack Obama, who hasn't faced such tests of character this year, faced one on Tuesday. It's hard to imagine how he could have handled it better. Mr. Obama had to address race and religion, the two most toxic subjects in politics. He was as powerful and frank as Mitt Romney was weak in calculating earlier this year in his attempt to persuade the religious right that his Mormonism is Christian enough for them. It wasn't a moment to which Mr. Obama came easily. He hesitated uncomfortably long in dealing with the controversial remarks of his spiritual mentor and former pastor, the Reverend Jeremiah Wright, Jr., who denounced the U.S. as uh, endemically racist, murderous, and corrupt. On Tuesday, Obama drew a bright line between his religious connection with Mr. Wright, which should be none of the voters' business, and having a political connection, which would be very much their business. The distinction seems especially urgent after seven years of a president who's worked to blur the line between church and state. Obama acknowledged his strong ties to Mr. Wright. He embraced him as the man who helped introduce me to my Christian faith and said that as imperfect as he may be, he's been like family to me. Wisely, he didn't claim to be unaware of Mr. Wright's radicalism or bitterness, disarming the speculation about whether he personally heard the longtime pastor of his church speak the words being played and replayed on YouTube. On YouTube! Obama said Mr. Wright's comments were not just potentially offensive, as politicians are apt to do, but rightly offend white and black alike and are wrong in their analysis of America. But he said, many Americans have heard remarks from your pastors, priests, or rabbis with which you strongly disagree. Obama's eloquent speech should end the debate over his ties to Mr. Wright since there's nothing to suggest that he would carry religion into government. But he didn't stop there. He put Mr. Wright, his beliefs, and the reaction to them into the larger context of race relations with an honesty seldom heard in public life. Mr. Obama spoke of the nation's ugly racial history, which started with slavery and Jim Crow and continues today in racial segregation, the school achievement gap, and discrimination in everything from banking services to law enforcement. He didn't hide from the often unspoken reality that people on both sides of the color line are angry for the men and women of Reverend Wright's generation, he said, the memories of humiliation and fear have not gone away, nor the anger and the bitterness of those years. At the same time, many white Americans, Mr. Obama noted, don't feel privileged by their race. In an era of stagnant wages and global competition, opportunity comes to be seen as a zero-sum game, he said, adding that both sides must acknowledge that the other's grievances are not imaginary. He made the powerful point that while these feelings are not always voiced publicly, they're used in politics. Anger over welfare and affirmative action helped forge the Reagan coalition, he said. Against this backdrop, he said he couldn't repudiate his pastor. I can no more disown him than I can disown the black community, he said. I can no more disown him than I can my white grandmother. That woman whom he loves deeply, he said, once confessed her fear of black men who passed her on the street and more than once uttered racial or ethnic stereotypes that made him cringe. There have been times when we wondered what Mr. Obama meant when he talked about rising above traditional divides. This was not such a moment. 
We can't know how effective Mr. Obama's words will be with those who will not draw the distinctions between faith and politics that he drew or who will reject his frank talk about race. What is evident, though, is that he not only cleared the air over a particular controversy, he raised the discussion to a higher plane. And if she were still alive, maybe little Vicky, uh, whatever her name was, Vicky Van Meter, maybe she would have flown that plane. But not no more. An investigation into the drinking water supplies of two dozen major metro areas has found trace amounts of pharmaceutical drugs in the water. What does that do to our health? It all came out of our tap from the lake to my home pipeline. We drank all those medications. Now you should see the sea life. Boy, fish becoming mother. Too much estrogen floating round. The drugs just flow to our blood. We piss them out and then we found. Drugs in the water. They will get you high. Drug use is fun. Drugs Fourteen to eleven. As a matter of fact, yes. Let me just read this one more time, and then I'll put it where it belongs in the circular file. Join uh, the big O today, Orlando Alzaquiri, from eleven to one. That's coming up in just a few minutes for the FedEx Cup. Come by to the FedEx Kinkos at ten o o o o o ten o o five Northwest Forty First Street, and you could receive a ticket to the World Golf Championship CA Championship while they last. Plus, have your golf swing analyzed by renowned golf instructor Jim McLean. I wonder if he's kin to Ray McLean Jr. Hey Ray, have another drink. Oh, I'm sorry. That was that was bad. So you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Nope. Why are people that have issues? You know, everybody's got their issues. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got issues. Even people that you would think are very, uh, you know, indeed straight laced, kind of like right. Uh, Everyone has issues. issues. Just like some Elliot Spitzberg, right. for example. There's another example for you. Elliot Spitzberg. He had issues. He was a horny guy. Who the hell isn't? Six eighty-five. You're going to go over seven hundred by. Uh, yeah, well, you got. I don't know. You got an outside shot at that thousand today. If we ever get this audience to kick him in the ass a little bit, Chris, come on now. It's Let's a good go, people. Get it's moving. A good poll. There's nothing wrong with it. Exactly. Other than it doesn't have a choice on there that says Neil's an a-hole or something like that, which they like that a lot. Neil's full of crap. Neil's an a-hole. And, uh, George is, uh, you know, fairy. Hey, Stuff well, like that. They love that. And you want to know why? Because they're frustrated. And you want to know why they're frustrated? Because look out the window. If you go in the bullpen there, look out the window, and you'll see where you are. And you'll say, boy, this is frustrating to know that I'm here. Maureen Dowd has a column in the Times today, black, white, and gray. In many ways, Barack Obama's speech on race was momentous and edifying. You could tell it was personal that he had worked hard on it all weekend and into the wee hours Tuesday. Overriding aides who objected to putting race center stage, he addressed a painful, difficult subject straightforwardly with a subtlety and decency rare in American politics. Certainly, Senator Obama was exercising sophisticated damage control on this problem with Jeremiah Wright, but he didn't pander as Mitt Romney did with his very challenging speech about Mormonism or market test his own convictions as, as most politicians do. Unlike what the Clintons did to Lanny Kinnear, responding to her radical racial ideas by throwing her under the bus, Obama went to great pains to honor the human dimension of his relationship with his politically threatening old uncle, as he calls him. Displaying his multi-hued, crazy-quilted DNA, he talked about cringing when he heard the white grandmother who raised him use racial stereotypes and confess her fear of passing black men on the street. 
He tried to shine a light on that clannish place where grudges and grievances flourish. After racing from race for a year, he plowed in and took a stab at showing blacks what white resentment felt like and what whites what black resentment felt like. He was spot on about my tribal working class Irish, the ones who have helped break his winning streak in New Hampshire and Ohio and may do so in Pennsylvania, she says. He rightly struck back at right-wing hysteria mongers. Talk show hosts and conservative commentators build entire careers unmasking bogus claims of racism, he said, while dismissing legitimate discussions of racial injustice and equality as mere political correctness or reverse racism. Obama's warning about race in America was redolent of Eugene O'Neill's observation about Ireland. There is no present or future, O'Neill said, only the past happening over and over again. His speech was pitched to superdelegates queasy about his spiritual guides Malcolm Xism, the virulent racial pride, the separatism, the deep suspicion of America and the white man, the very things that Obama's post-racial identity was supposed to have transcended. The candidate may have staunched the bleeding, but he didn't heal the wounds. His naive and willful refusal to come to terms earlier with Reverend Wright's anti-American, anti-white, and pro-Farrakhan sentiments, echoing his naive and willful refusal to come to terms earlier with the ramifications of his friendship with sleazy fundraiser Tony Resco, will not be forgotten because of one unforgettable speech. But then the most intriguing thing about this speech in the National Convention Center here, Constitution Center, uh, near the statues of the Founding Fathers who signed the document declaring that all men are created equal, was not even the part about black and white. It was the new color that Obama unexpectedly wore, gray. The black and white plaguing Obama camp was not only about skin color. Facing up to his dubious behavior toward his explosive friends, he had his first rude introduction in his political career to ambivalence, ambiguity, and complexity. Obama didn't surrender his pedestal willingly, but he was finally confronted by a problem that neither his charm nor his grandiosity would solve. He now admits that he had heard the Reverend Wright make controversial remarks in church and that he had a lapse of judgment when he let the much-investigated Resco curry favor by buying the plot of land next to his and selling a slice back so Obama could have a bigger yard. Newly alert to the perils of not seeming patriotic enough, he ended a speech in Pennsylvania the other morning with God Bless America. A little disenchantment with Obama could turn out to be a good thing. Too much idealism can blind a leader to reality as surely as too much ideology can. Up until now, Obama and his worshippers have set it up so that he must be so admirable and ideal and perfect and everything we've ever wanted that any kind of blemish, even a parking ticket, was regarded as a major failing. With the Clintons, we expect them to be cheesy on ethics, so no one is ever surprised when they are. But St. Obama played the politics of character to an absurd extent. For 14 months, his argument for leading the world has been himself, his exquisitely globalized self. He should be congratulated on the disappearance of the pedestal. Leaders don't need to be messiahs. Gray is a welcome relief from black and white. <clears throat> I wonder if she, she meant gray or Yay. maybe that. I wonder if his wife knows about that. Maybe. 692, and in there, could there are rumors that uh, you see McCain may be picking to be his running mate. Speaking no. of uh, Yay. your governor. Oh, balance the ticket? <laughs> yeah, two gray-haired old coots. Right. Yeah, one straight well, one gray and one, and one white hair, yeah. One straight and one uh, gay. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? I think that's a great idea. Talk about dragging him out of the closet, man. There'd be skeletons rattling all over the place. Bye-bye, John McCain. That was like when Al Gore picked Jewel Lieberman. Same thing. A death wish. And he still won the election, in the, you know, but it was close enough they could steal it from him. That should be a lesson for everybody. Oh, oh, look at this oil well. Where is this? Oliver Springs, Tennessee. Wow, there's an oil well fire. Information on it. Wow, well, well, well. You know what that means? Twenty bucks a gallon by the end of the day. He's always got some excuse. Well, uh, you know, we got the shortage over here, and the refineries are on fire, and uh, with this and that, and the Saudis are pissed off, and they need more halava, whatever it is. Purim, by the way, uh, on Friday, right? But that, that's why right. I get off on Friday. There you go. Good See, Friday. Clarence screwed up. Clarence screwed up. 
He thought I was taking off because, well, he gave me the day off. He said, mm -hmm. you got a choice, either Friday or Monday. Happy Purim. And it's Friday is Purim. Happy Purim. So they gives me the whole day to scour the city Make here sense. and try to find some real hummantage. Happy Purim. Happy Purim. Happy Purim. Right. And what else do you do on Purim? I don't know. You go, uh, you go have a visit with Queen Esther? The Molesta? Finish that semester. All right. 692 votes on Chris's poll here. 694. Oh, yeah, we'll get to 700 by the top there, just barely. It's going to be a real problem for you to get to 1,000 today. If we, if we don't get to 1,000 today, I'm not coming in Friday. Okay. Now, what about you? Do you get one of those days off or what? Me? Yeah, you. Um, yeah, you. He said uh, um, maybe he'll find someone for Friday or maybe he'll give me another day off or maybe I just have to work every day. <laughs> Oh, how does it feel to be so respected and so, um, how do you work in radio? You know, I'll tell you when I find it. someone. Boy, that's, that's really something. Maybe he'll find somebody, which means, well, when he says that, you know, that means no chance. I mean, just get ready to show up. Uh-huh. But George, you don't want George having to work alone on uh, Friday. We'll get somebody. It's two hours. Right. Well, George sounds like he doesn't really care. Well, that's right. We got the basketball game. Oh, I'm stupid, man. Too late. Already made plans. No, Already no. made plans. Already no, made plans for no. Monday. Plans my ass, okay? Yeah, no, those are big plans then. I thought I was getting like a real bonanza here, and as it turns no, out, already it's already made a two-hour show, show anyway, on Friday. That stupid the UN basketball on game already, uh, with a pregame show. I bought some show. expensive tickets UN against, who is it, St. Mary's? Oh, how appropriate on uh, Good Friday. Already made a date. St. Mary's. Yeah, made a date. On, on Monday. All you heterosexual guys, man, they always talk about us fags being the perverts, but all you hetero guys, the ones screwing your brains yeah, out. I don't deny it. Anything with a skirt on, including even some that have like a, uh, you know, like a weenus. So I guess we're going to have old weenus face on here on Friday doing the uh, UN basketball game. You know weenus face? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess, uh, well, that's all right. It's okay. I can handle it because uh, the, the following week I'm taking off early anyhow. Catch a flight. And Jolly Joe will say, I want to see you after the show, George. Let's have an inquisition about why. What's Neil doing? Is he having a meeting about some job somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, you should live so long, Joe. Slacker. I'm going to have a meeting about some job. That Norma can't, man. Always, always does that. Always sends me, uh, you know, emails about stuff that I already uh, talked about on the air. Not that I expect him to be out there listening to the show. I expect him to be out there defending a bunch of perverts somewhere, you know, uh, doing some work. But, but in the meantime... How about something important? How about something meaningful? How about some meat? How about something that has to do with my life and George's life and Chicken X neck? God. Oh, don't let me forget. I've got to send him some money pretty soon. Okay, don't forget. But not too soon. I don't want to overdo it. I don't want to spoil that child. Again. Oh, gee, I need the money now. Oh, what am I going to do? You know, we've avoided that for a little while now. Now that I've got him all on a straight and narrow with accounting with Jolly Joe which he thanked me profusely for. He said, don't listen to anything George tells you. He's full of crap. Right. I said, I already know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 701 votes. Nice going, Chris. Now we can go home. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. This is the Neil Rogers Show. <laughs> this is your brain. Rock, rock solid. Any questions? No! There 
where he was Just a walking on the sea Singing Do I did it, did it, dumb did it do He's the man from the land of Galilee Singing Do I did it, did it, dumb did it do He's good, he's good Divine, divine He's good, divine Changes water into wine the next thing I knew, he had a layman on his feet singing. Do I did it, did it, dumb did it do? The blind are gonna see and the dumb are gonna speak singing. Do I did it, did it, dumb did it do? He walked on, walked on through my door, my door, walked on through my door. Then he cured a leper sores. Some say he's the son of God Yes they do But there's other people think it's so odd Now he's the reason that we have an Easter day singing Do I did it, did it, dumb did it do And he's the reason that all the Christians pray singing Do I did it, did it, dumb did it do They praise him, praise him It's 1102 at 560 WQM. Happy spring, everybody. Happy Purim. Happy uh, Easter. Happy uh, Good Friday. Unhappy Good Friday. Now, it's happy for me. I'm not working. But it's only two hours off. Boy, if you'd have told me that before, I still would have taken Friday. You want to know why? Why? Who wants to wait till Monday? Right. I don't know what it is, but there's something about if you have off Friday and then Saturday and Sunday, to me, that's like a three-day weekend. If you have Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday, it's still a three-day weekend, but not... Right. I don't know why, but that's a good point. But I'm right, though. Am I, am you, I right? You are right. I'm Friday right, right. feels more like a weekend day. Purim is more than just home and by the way. I went to Wikipedia, and, of course, Wikipedia is loaded with crap. Purim is a Jewish holiday that commemorates the deliverance of the Jewish people of the ancient Persian Empire from Haman's plot to annihilate them. They always were picking on the damn Jews, for crying out loud. Go yeah, pick on somebody else. They never did nothing. As recorded in the biblical book of Esther, Hey, Esther, you finished the semester, Esther. According to the story, Haman cast lots to determine the day upon which to exterminate the Jews. Everybody wants to exterminate the Jews. Well, they kicked them out of Miami Beach. They moved them all up to Boca, I'll tell you that. Now, let me ask you this question. See, I, I, I was thinking about this before the show. I, I guess the answer is obvious, and that is they keep moving from New York, and that is when the Jews in New York get old enough, then they move to Miami Beach, now they move to Boca. Am I right? They replace the ones that croak. Right. But not enough of them are coming down because that's why all the delis are going out of business. Or maybe too many are coming down, which is why the delis are going out of business, because they're stealing all the silverware and the sweet and low. Hey, uh, the famous, the, what's, the Rascal House will be closing soon. Won't that be something, huh? Won't that be like the end of the world? A Shonda. Remember that song by the Beach Boys? Help me, Shonda. Purim is celebrated annually according to the Hebrew calendar on the 14th day of the Hebrew month of Adar, the day following the victory of the Jews over their enemies. As with all Jewish holidays, Purim begins at sundown on the previous secular day. So Purim, in other words, is tonight at, uh, is that right, at sundown or tomorrow night? 
Uh, tomorrow, uh, Friday at uh, sunset. Wait, no. Crap. I can't read the calendar from here. Well, maybe Chris can read it. He okay? can. He's maybe, spinning around now. Maybe he can get his blood sugar well, under 700. Well, it says Friday's Purim, so. That means probably tonight at sundown. Well, tonight's Wednesday. Thursday. I mean, tomorrow night. It's, well, well who, I, listen, don't start complicating matters, okay? Like, I'm at this age, I'm supposed to know what day of the week it is. Will you stop it? In cities that were protected by a surrounding wall at the time of Joshua, including Shushan, Susa, and Jerusalem, whatever the hell that means, Purim is celebrated on the 15th of the month, known as Shushan Purim. What? Purim is characterized by a public relations, oh, a public recitation of the book of Esther, Kariat Hamagila, not to be confused with Megillah Gorilla, giving mutual gifts of food and drink, Mishloach Manot, giving charity to the poor, and a celebratory meal, Seudat Purim. Other customs include drinking wine, lots of it, wearing of masking costumes, and pubic celebration. Oh, let's celebrate our pubes all during Purim. Jewish exiles from the kingdom of Judah who had been living in the Babylonian captivity found themselves under Persian rule after Babylonia was in turn conquered by the Persian Empire. According to the book of Esther, Haman, royal advisor to King uh, uh, Ahasuerus, Ahasuerus, planned to kill the Jews, but his plans were foiled by Esther, who was made queen after Xerxes killed out his previous queen, Vashti. And Mordecai, the palace gatekeeper for Xerxes, who raised Esther when her parents died, thought he was her cousin. Oh, brother, this is too complicated for me. There was evidence of divine intervention on behalf of the Jews. The Jews were delivered from being the victims of an evil decree against them and were instead allowed by the king to destroy their enemies. And day after the battle was designated as a day of feasting and rejoicing. But this says nothing about Homantasha. Okay. Oh, I can't find, huh? I guess I'm going to have to Google Homantasha during the shaped like Haman's hat. Now, what do you know about it? You're right That's about that. That's why it's That's triangular, what... you know, in spite of your denials, and I agree with you that the one tastes infinitely better. I'm not talking better. about which ones are... Uh, infinitely better. I don't care about infinitely that. Infinitely better. I don't care which ones are the most uh, from. The one I kind care of... about the ones that taste right. good. The ones that, uh, that you're talking about taste infinitely better, but nevertheless, the proper traditional kinds of those hard... I don't ones. care about I proper know. and traditional. I care about That's what, what tastes good, okay? Right. Nevertheless. Proper and traditional, my fat ass. I don't Jesus think so. Jesus K. Christ. There's a triangular hat. The events leading up to Purim were recorded in the Megillot Esther, the book of Esther, which became the last of 24 books of the Tanakh to be canonized by the sages of the Great Assembly. A bunch of bubble mice, if ever I heard them, man. But a beep, but a boop, but a bop. A bunch of guys with long beards and a lot of uh, things crawling around under their yarmulke. You know, I really wonder when I get one of those cabs, you know, with those uh, Indian cab drivers here that are wearing that uh, headgear, wearing that shmata on their head. I wonder just how many things are crawling around under that, uh, if they got their turban on too tight, if they're going to drive good. You got your turban on too tight. Slow down, you lunatic, you maniac, you terrorist. See, I know that the Indians, the people from... Oh, there, last night at Woodbine, there was a guy, I'd say in his 30s, ugly. But anyway, he was playing the machine uh, that I finally wound up playing, which, by the way, didn't do any good. But he got off the machine, and uh, I sat down there, and I thought he was gone. You know, I'm thinking he's gone, and once he's gone... And he came back, and he reached over to pick up his cup of coffee that I had sitting next to the machine. He said, oh, can I get my coffee? So he got his face very close to mine. He smelled like death. I don't know exactly what death smells like, but that's what I imagine death smells like. He smelled so bad. And I want to just, you know, over the years I've talked about, well, you know, it's in, it's in people's skin. It's uh, part of their uh, whatever I've tried to say. It's just an excuse for people that don't take a bath, I think. It's in the pigmentation right. of their skin. You know, like some Chinese people smell, or oh, I hadn't oh. noticed. 
and some people from India. Oh, my God, that curry, kid curry. I'm not sniffing the Chinese or the Indians as much as I used to. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Some I've, I've sniffed a few. Yeah, the Irish smell good. Especially the half-breeds, you know, the mixed Canadian and yeah. uh, whatever. The Talk Irish about that a lot too. Good. Those people are really, a lot of them, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. But then, and those people don't smell the, uh, the mixed breed. But they the don't? ones who actually came, no, they don't. Okay, I'll take your word well, for it. i make it with their nose. I know this. The Irish smell great. <laughs> yeah, I guess you and Footy have been doing things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's who I'm talking about. Footy gross. Oh, look at this. America's cleanest cities. Well, isn't this uh, boring? Somebody just faxed this. says, hey, Neil, did you see the article that says Miami's America's cleanest city? Oh, yeah, you should live so long. I guess they haven't been downtown much. Want to live where the air is sweet, the water is pure, and the streets are clean? Try the country, but if you don't like the sticks, then try Florida, it says. Oh, Forbes magazine, baby. Well, what's more interesting, the story of Purim or this dreck? Led by Miami, the Sunshine State dominates our 2008 list of America's cleanest cities with four metro areas in the top ten. Jacksonville's number three, Orlando's number four, and Tampa St. Pete number eight. All make appearances. I mean, I... Like, like that would make me want to live there. Toronto's a very clean city. Vancouver was a very clean city. Boy, Vancouver was great. Montreal sucks. Vancouver's great. Just keep that in mind. Clearly, it says, Florida's a state that relies so heavily on tourism and part-time snowbird residents know the value of keeping itself spruced up for company. With the built-in advantage of weather patterns that blow out smog, these large metropolitan areas, together with number two ranked Seattle and number five Portland, Oregon, top our 2008 list. See, that's that great northwest, Seattle and Portland, which are probably very much like Vancouver, eh? Right. But it's more than just sea breezes pushing these metros up the list. These big cities are also reaping the rewards of investing in efforts to keep clean, even as their populations boom. In recent years, Florida's Department of Environmental Protection has launched programs aimed at providing power plants. Oh, there's a Barack Obama talking about five years in Iraq. I cannot answer the simple question posed by Republican Senator John Warner in hearings last year. Are we safer because of this war? No. The agency has singled out the Tampa Electric Company for going beyond federal and state requirements on emission reductions. On the water side, the agency has aimed its budget not only on fighting direct discharges into public waters, like in Amsterdam where the water in the canals is all brown, but on indirect spillage from things like storm drain runoff. You ought to see those canals in Amsterdam, man. It'll make you puke your guts out. The same is true elsewhere. Portland, for example, is 10 years into a 14-year, $2 billion investment aimed at cleaning up the Willamette River. In addition, the city's added more light rail, sidewalks, and biofuels to its bus fleet. It's gone a long way toward reducing air pollution, and this goes on and on. Like I said, beyond health, cleanliness appears to have an important economic impact. While nine of our ten cleanest cities showed population increases between 2000 and 2006, major metro areas losing residents over that period tend to rank near the bottom of the cleanliness list. They include Philadelphia, Chicago, Buffalo, and Detroit. Oh, feh. No shock to me there. Many factors, notably economic ones, go into a person's choice to move, of course, but a reputation for clean air, water, and streets seem to count as well. The migration has been most pronounced in the Sun Belt, with Jacksonville growing its population 8%, and Miami 11.5% since the start of the decade. Can they keep clean with all this growth? That's the challenge of the coming decades. Here's hoping they can, says Forbes magazine. Don't throw your stale home and tossing on the streets, folks. Bring the George the best talent. This is Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Even loves Neil Rogers. 
Coming soon to retail stores everywhere. A new toy line that is heavenly sent. Introducing Jesus and the Bible Buddies. Jesus and the Bible Buddies are sturdy, tough action figures that let you live out your favorite moments from the Old and New Testaments. Old Testament favorites include John the Baptist, now with removable head. Moses, complete with stone tablets and burning bush stand-up kit. I've got the law of God in the palm of my hands. And don't forget the new Cain and Abel double pack. Cool, they're brothers. Then get set for all the adventures of the New Testament with a complete line of Jesus action figures. There's Breaking the Bread Jesus, complete with bread and wine substitute. Take and eat. This is my body of the New Covenant, which is given up Risen to from the dead Jesus, with a glow-in-the-dark resurrection cape. I defeated Satan! And new this fall, it's Pull My String Jesus. Listen as our Lord and Savior recites well-known Bible passages. It is finished. Cool. It's like I'm right next to the cross. It's Jesus and the Bible Buddies. Collect them separately or get them in the Apostle 12 pack. Salvation not included. I just watched uh, on YouTube, I watched On the Road Again when the 1985 George Morton Levy uh, Pace with Buddy Gilmore. All right. About 10 lines. Well, anyway, he was one to five. You know, it's like 20 cents on the dollar. Not a big deal. But anyway, now the reason that was important is because it was a, I don't know if it was that year or whatever year it was, but the George Morton Levy was run on Purim. At Roosevelt one night, and I was watching um, Racing from Roosevelt on tape with Stan Bergstein and Spencer Ross. And they were eating homentaschen during the uh, telecast. And Stan turned to Spencer Ross and said, you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Levy. And they both cracked up and lost it. It was, it was memorable. Memorable moment. Live TV. A homentage, also spelled about ten different ways, is a pastry in the Ashkenazi Jewish cuisine, recognizable for its three-cornered shape. And it's got pictures here of those little hard ones you were talking about. Feh! Ooh. It's eaten during the Jewish holiday of Purim. The traditional filling is made with poppy seeds. I poppy. But they're also made with many different flavors, including prunes, ooh, nut, date, apricot, fruit preserves, chocolate, or even caramel or cheese. Caramel homentaschen for goyim. Why not? Homentaschen are generally made by rolling a dough thin, cutting it into circles of various sizes, placing filling in the center and folding in three sides. The dough may be a cookie dough with orange juice added, citrus zest added, or a yeast dough. It doesn't, have, it doesn't say anything in here about the ones that I like. The good ones. Right. It just shows homemade homentage. I don't know how to make, a, make this point. See, they're not proper. They're just... Good. I don't care whether see? they're proper. See? You see? Can't make a point. They have proper seeds. In other words, somebody, you know, made those There are up. two possible origins of the name. The most popular theory is that the name homentage, which literally means Haman's pocket, is a reference to Haman, the villain, villain of Purim, is described in the book of Esther. Hey, Esther! A more likely source of the name is a corruption of the Yiddish word Montaschen, or the German word Montaschen, both meaning poppy seed-filled pouches. Well, there's nothing like filling your pouch with poppy seeds. Over time, this name was transformed to Homentaschen, likely by association with Haman. In Israel, they're called Oznai Haman, Hebrew for Haman's ears. I wonder what you call Haman's Rectum. ass. Some Hebrew schools teach that homentashen is from Haman's hat. There's a popular song that goes with this philosophy, which goes, My hat, it has three corners, three corners has my hat, and had it not three corners, it wouldn't be my hat. What a great song. <laughs> oh. The word homentashen is singular. Homentashen is plural and is the word for more, for more commonly used. However, many people refer to these cookies as homentashen even in the singular even though this is not grammatically correct. In other words, get your uh, Yiddish right, okay? Remember that song, Do Your Yiddish Right? Let's see, Obama's got 1621, Swillery 1479, 
Uh, that means he's how many ahead? 121, 142, according to the CNN count. Now, did that include the superdelegates? They took it off the screen so fast, I can't tell. Can you tell? I'm not going to tell. Oh. And rational for delegates to be seated for Michigan. She's saying she's accepting this plan, and Barack Obama's campaign, while not rejecting it, is really hedging on it. She's trying to put, put the pressure on him to really say yes today, and we'll see how this. Why goes. would he be hedging on it? Michigan, I think he would do very well. I mean, Detroit is by far and away the biggest city, and then Grand Rapids, and uh, cities with a lot of dark folks who probably would overwhelmingly vote for Barack Obama. What's the problem there? Let's get with it, okay? Let's get Michigan in there. Am I right? Right. I mean, if she only got 55% against nobody, against little Dennis Kucinich and nobody else on the ballot, how is she going to do against him, for Christ's sakes? Not that great, I wouldn't think, Swillery. 745 votes on the pool. Boy, we've got to get to over 800 by noon. Then I think we'll be safe. Then they will fear us. You think, Chris? Yes. 749. The most important lesson I've learned over the years from the Neil Rogers Show is religion is for crazy people. 260. 260. Do no harm, 118. Just shut up and cash the checks, 118. Don't get into radio, 108. I'm thinking of going back into it someday before I croak. What's this fax? Oh, I see. Okay. Um, sugar is the worst drug in the world, 59. Body wash isn't gay, 45. And don't be a sport hole, 41. In one of the hotels, the hotel we stayed in Montreal, they didn't have no body wash. They had soap, you know, those little bars of soap in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Oh, I felt unclean, man. I felt like, oh, geez, little little white bars of nasty soap were like, oh. You people are still using soap, man. Guess what? Guys don't wear two-piece bathing suits anymore. Here's a fax from uh, Lisa in Fort Lauderdale. She says, the best lesson I've gotten from listening to you is pay attention. I didn't give a crap about politics until I started, until I started listening to your show 12 years ago. I've been pissed off and fired up ever, ever since. Oh, Lisa, you were doing so well. And then she says, P.S., I don't care what you say, arrow bars rule. Oh, now, did you ever eat that one? Yeah, we talked about it. It was at Gulfstream. I ate it. And? Somebody brought me one special. And? And it was uh, delicious, but no taste, like mm -hmm. you said. Exactly. It tasted like air, oh. It's like sucking air, man. Thanks, Lisa, but you're wrong, okay? I mean, we can't always be right. Now, what is the rest of oh, the... Ahmed, I wonder if that's related to Ahmadinejad Empire, was the first of the Persian empires to rule over significant portions of greater Iran, the famous foe of the Greek city-states. See, Greco-Persian Wars. It was the first of many successor... Per what, is, what is this all about? Well, this is still about the, the Purim story, about Esther, which you learn in your second semester, and all this other crap, a bunch of garbage, man, a bunch of bubblemices, fairy tales. As my rabbi told me many, many years ago when I was just a young man of 13, learning, uh, studying for my bar mitzvah. Today I am a fountain pen. Oh, boy, such nonsense, such foolishness, such crap that people go. And it would be okay. It could just be for fun, you know. could just be for fun a lot of these holidays if, if people weren't killing each other over it. But they are, and they have been, and will continue doing it because that's what it's all about. Oh, there's CNN promoting the mystery of Jesus. The mystery of Jesus. I bet they could talk to my uh, across-the-street neighbor down there about the mystery of Jesus. She'd hock you trying to about Jesus all day long if you gave her the chance. Stay away from my house, Cindy. Go away. Keep your uh, getchki crap to yourself, all right? Nobody in my house wants it. And if my dogs were still alive, they wouldn't want it either, okay? They were atheists. 
When even your dogs are atheists, that should be a sign to everybody in the neighborhood. Don't start hocking me with your religious crap, okay? Keep it to yourself. I don't, I don't want to take it away. If that's your bag, fine. And when you want to put up that big flag again that says the yeast is risen or whatever, I say, he is risen. Oh, my God. What is that? Why is it that people have... Life has a bumper sticker, you know? Everything you believe has to be on a bumper sticker, has to be plastered on your house. Some big people are simple. Simpletons. Not simple, simpletons. 760 on the pool. I think we got an outside shot today for that. If we got 1,000 today, man, I'm taking off Friday. Okay. Two hours. Big deal. Big simmers. See, I think uh, Clarence pulled a fast one on me there because I'm old and senile. I think he did. Knowing that we only have a two-hour show anyway. Came in this morning before the show. Gave me, gave us, me and George, both a choice. Which day do you want to off? You have a choice. Either Good Friday or what is it? Easter Monday? Yeah, Bad Monday. Good Friday and Bad Monday. Wasn't that a song by Fats Domino? Sure. Or was it Blue Monday? Bad Monday. How I hate Bad Monday. Yeah. Well, I love the fat man. He's still alive. He almost drowned there in New Orleans during Katrina. But the fat man, Antoine Fats Domino, he's still going strong. You got some... There you go. Blue Monday. Bad Monday. Blue Monday. How I hate On Monday. Imperial Records. You still see the red Okay. What the hell is that? Blue Monday. Bye. Yeah, yeah. New order. Don't like that version? No. Oh, here's, here's another one. This one's by Orgy. 761 in the pool. This is what I'm going to be doing Friday. Spinning some wax. Alright, sports fans. Honey. My, my 
aliens in a blue van. Aliens drive a blue van? Yes. Like a Chevy van? No. Is it a Ford? No. What kind of van is it? What kind of van is it? Did they do anything to you? Did they probe you? No. Poke you? No. Pride you? No. Make love to you? No, you idiot! I'm not coming home. I'm staying at the 7-Eleven. You don't want to marry me, do you? No. What? No, I don't. But I forgive you. I don't care. You can come home. I'm done. Come home. I'm done with you. I miss you. Bye-bye. I love you. Take care. I love you. Well, the man who was once engaged to runaway bride, Jennifer Wilbanks, has gotten married to another woman. Oh, my God. John Mason, 35, married Shelley Martin, 34, in a quiet ceremony Saturday at his parents' home in Duluth, Minnesota. His father, Claude Mason, told People Magazine for a story posted on its website today, yesterday, well, whenever it's on there. People Magazine, maybe I can get more on there by going to the People uh, website, you think? Maybe. Purim, let's uh, eat some homotosh. I, I don't I don't think I'm going to find any anywhere. I ain't going to no, look I'm for any. I'm not sure I will. What? I'm not going to look for any. Why not? Maybe Who I'll need? find Who some of the Chinese carbs, bakery. baby. Who needs that? Well, I, I don't need it, but I mean, if I'm going to be like really well, Jewish. If you don't need it, don't eat it. Yeah, I know. I got a hole and I got to <laughs> feed it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 775 volts. Well, I got a poll. Approaching 800. If we can get over 800 by the top of the air, like about 815, 820, 8 to 90, whatever, you're going to make a thousand. All right. And the world will be proud of you. They'll say, hey, you're that fat guy from the Neil Rogers show that got over a thousand votes on the poll today, even when you started at about seven. I don't know. Uh -huh. We didn't start all that heavy duty. Not as bad as yesterday. But that's because we didn't change this poll as um, late. Still pretty late, though. Pretty late, Eric, although it's my bad. And part of the reason for that is I faxed him the poll. His line was busy, 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 his fax line. I don't want to bother him because it's probably some hooker somewhere. You his know. fat line? His, yeah, his fat line. And uh, finally I sent it through, and I thought everything is okay. And then a little later on I come and check, and I get a message from him. Oh, um, only a little part of the poll came through. Can you refax it? Stay off that fax thing you got there. I wish he had a real fax machine, you know. Oh, I guess that's old-fashioned, right? When you're a yeah. computer ace like he is? That's right. You get your faxes on your computer? That's right. I like my old machines better because right? I'm old-fashioned. And one of these days, I might actually hook up the phone here again, So, uh, but I doubt it. I mean, I know I can do it, and I know it'll work, but uh, the router and the whole deal. Remember I had that problem? Oh, boy. You you, you were a uh, ear witness to that whole thing yep. while the guy that got oh, yeah. ninja was talking me through the process of getting mm -hmm. my Internet back on here. Wow. Visions of deliverance. You know, you crawling around on the floor in your box of shorts. Yeah. And crawling behind it. Uh, well, you've never seen this thing, right? No, I think I what haven't. I ought to do but I think he was making some, you squeal like a pig. Take some digital pictures of this studio. Told you, man. Take crow. lots of pictures. Put them on the website so people want to see. Maybe I can have Paco take some pictures of That's me right. and suite. Put them to the use. Yeah. Who? Who? Florida Democrats overwhelmingly say they should get to help pick the presidential nominee, with one in four voters warning in a new Miami Herald poll they're less likely to support the party in November if the state is shut out. Well, guess what? You can threaten all you want. The Democrats aren't going to win Florida anyhow. How do you like that? No chance. The poll also found that Hillary Clinton would still win Florida if the vote were held today, but that Barack Obama has closed the gap in the past six weeks. 89% of Democratic voters say it's important that Florida's delegates count. Well, then why not hold a real election? That would be a good way to do it. 
The National Democratic Party stripped Florida and Michigan delegates to the nominating convention because they held unauthorized early primaries like a bunch of morons. A record-setting number of Florida Democrats, more than 1.7 million, went to the polls on January 29th anyway. As neither Clinton nor Obama has got enough delegates to claim the nomination, the absence of the two big states from the scoreboard has been fiercely debated. Florida Democrats are divided over potential remedies, but a plurality say the National Party should recognize Clinton's victory in the January 29th primary. Right. Our votes ought to count and should count, said Mary Buckley, 81, a poll respondent from Northeast Dade. I was hearing back in January it might not, but I was hoping against hope that it would. Hoping against hope, that's like my heart of hearts. We're going to get you, Mary. Buckley, a faithful voter and Obama supporter, like I said, we like Mary, said she's not certain how Florida's delegates should be awarded to the candidates. That's the $64,000 question, she said, with or without Hal March. I bet you he's dead. Google Hal March. He was the host, the game show host on $64,000 question. And then come to find out, I don't know if that was part of the uh, quiz show scandal or not. The $64,000 challenge right. was. What's the question? What do you mean, what's the question? About Hal March. Is Died he alive? He what? Died in 1970. Right. Boy, he's not even pink anymore. No, no. He's ashy. 1970? Right. See, in Los Angeles. Wow. But anyway, uh, she says, but my vote was wasted if it doesn't count. I never voted before that it wasn't counted. That's what you think, honey. If you thought your vote in the 2000 counted, think again. Shroth, Eldon and Associates, I wonder if that's Eldon Harner, surveyed 600 registered and frequent Democratic voters Saturday through Monday for the Herald of St. Pete Times and Bay News 9. The margin of error was Maso minus 4. With the state party's decision Monday not to go through with a proposed email vote in, a proposed mail vote in, Florida could be the only state left out of the epic. <laughs> of course! Why not? It makes sense. Florida's always effed up, man. That's our that's our claim to fame. We can screw it up. The whole rest of the world can do things right. We can't. It's Florida, baby. We put the duh in Florida. Best argument, 24% of Florida Democrats say that if the state doesn't have a say, they'd be less likely to support the Democratic nominee. That's the state's best argument for convincing the National Democratic Committee, led by Howard Dean, to show, show mercy. Show mercy. Now, where's the... Um, in the Herald poll, 44% of voters count, favor counting the January 29th results with twice as many Clinton supporters as Obama supporters in that camp. If the National Party reversed its decision to exclude Florida, Clinton wouldn't have 38 delegates in Florida, narrow, allowing her to narrow but not close the 100-plus gap with Obama. Yeah, don't gross me out again there, Professor. Jesus, God. I had an email before that if I read it on the air, everybody would be puking for the rest of the month. 56% of the voters said the candidates' decision to boycott the state before the primary didn't affect their ability to make an informed decision when they voted, defying the argument made by Obama supporters that the January 29th primary shouldn't count because no candidates campaigned in the state. They already agreed that it wasn't going to count. Clinton would still win Florida if another primary were held today, but Obama's gained ground the past six weeks. The poll put him nine points behind her, 46 to 37. She won in January, 50 to 33 by 17 points. In the poll, Clinton was more popular among women, white, and Hispanic voters, and she fared better than Obama in the Southwest, Tampa Bay, and central parts of the state. Obama captured an overwhelming 74% of the black vote. He was stronger than Clinton among voters under the age of 50. Living and breathing people want Obama. Old toads want Swillery, baby. And that's because they recognize the name. Swillery. She put the swill in the Swillery, let me tell you right now. Just like the Canes put the, what did they put in? You can't spell scum without U.M. Isn't that what they it. say? That's oh, what they don't say. forget we got that big game on uh, Friday at noon, so George only has to work two hours. Thank Woo! God. Hallelujah. The best 790 on the floor. We should have a 560 QAM. Loser. The fourth oh. leader. 
disgusting program. Yes. I urge everyone to complain to this station. 195 at the local pet store. Fuzzy and cute. Who could ask for more? Do the turbo. Rectum. Yeah, do the turbo. Ouch, ouch. The best damn pet you're ever gonna we got here, it's Richard Gear with the gerbil and the tube and the matches here. Do the gerbil. Ouch, ouch, do the gerbil. Ouch, ouch. The best damn pack you'll ever want to own. You could have a puppy, you could have a pussy cat, but when you've got a gerbil, you'll know where it's at. Get one out, look for flaws, choose the one with the nine inch claws. Do the gerbil. Eleven forty-five at five sixty WKM. Whatever happened to Guitar Man? Is he still doing sit-down comedy at that uh, Mr. Funnies or whatever that place is? Right, Uncle Funnies. Well, what, whatever it is. Whatever it is. With that Shecky Patterson guy? Yep. Oh my God. See, that's what happened at Chicken Egg, man. He got himself involved with um, that crowd. Not not Guitar Man. He was great. But that Shecky, uh, he, wasn't he with Chris Baker? Yeah. Was, wasn't he buddies with Chris Baker? I think they ran together. Oh, my God. 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 He played it over and over. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, the race for uh, Democrats in Pennsylvania is turning sour for Obama. With five weeks until the uh, here's the latest numbers in the latest poll, Swillery 53 and Obama 41 in Pennsylvania. With five weeks until the April 22nd primary, Clinton's regained much of the ground she had lost. On February 27th, she was only six points ahead, 49 to 43, and now she's back up by 12. She lead, continues to lead among women, whites, voters over 45, old people like me, and those without college degrees. Obama leads among men, blacks, voters with college degrees, and those under 45. 48% of respondents said the economy is the nation's most pressing issue, and 23% said it's the war in Iraq, the Iraq attack. Among those concerned most about the economy, 55% favored Swillery, those who said that the war was split between the two candidates. The Quinnipiac University poll was conducted by telephone March 10 to 16, involved interviews with 1,304 likely Democratic voters in Pennsylvania, and a uh, sampling error of Maso minus 2.7 points, whatever that means. 808 on the poll, you're, you're doing it, man. It's not even noon yet, you've already got 808. Aren't you thrilled? I'm extremely thrilled. Because if we get that 1,000, I'm not showing up on Friday at all. Oh, well, then uh, I don't think we should get the 1,000. We better, I'll tell you right now. I'm getting pornographic messages. I'm going to complain to the uh, proper authorities. Really? The FCC? No. Whoever's in charge of uh, Blackberries. Oh, the FUC. Doug Thompson asks, have we really learned any lessons? Don't do that spot. They're out of business. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll never forget that as long as I live. I mean, it's just it's, it's one of the most bizarre, one of the most impossible. Only this sales department, only this station could pull off a debacle like that. Selling spots to people who are no longer in business. Got to hand it to him, man. Doug Thompson says, have we learned any lessons? Demonstrators gather on a Washington Mall today to protest five long years of a failed war in Iraq, a war launched by an invasion of a nation that posed no threat to us, a war founded on lies and faked intelligence reports, a war that's helped drive this nation into economic chaos and destroyed American morale and its reputation with its allies and its own citizens. 
President George W. Bush will claim success in Iraq in a speech before a carefully screened audience at the Pentagon today, which he did this morning. But his speech will be filled with the same lies and cooked statistics that have marked his discredited presidency. Bush and those who surround him are serial liars who treat truth as a disposable commodity and use the laws of the land as toilet paper. They've shredded the Constitution, eliminated the civil and individual rights they used to define the nation, and brought a once great America to its knees. Today is more than just an observance of a lost war. It's an anniversary of a five-year-long assault on the foundations of a country, a milepost in the dismantling of a way of life, and a culmination of Bush's desire to ruin a country and leave it in tatters as his presidency comes to an end. You hear those sirens again? I heard it. They're coming to save us from the Bushmeister. No president in history has done as much to break the backbone of America and cripple a government designed to serve the will of its people, not the corrupt agenda of a criminal cabal that serves only the greed and self-serving interest of a, a fat cat lobbyist and rich friends. And our motto of hijacked commercial airlines crashing into hundreds of national landmarks could never do as much damage to the American psyche as George W. Bush and his gang of thieves, thugs, and scoundrels. No invading army could have ever taken over the government and subverted it as much as Bush and his partners in crime, the Congress of the USA. Bush invaded Iraq, but he did so with the explicit approval of Republicans and Democrats in Congress. Two of those criminal co-conspirators are running for president today. Bush destroyed the Constitution of the U.S. with a Patriot Act approved by a vast majority of both Republicans and Democrats in Congress and reauthorized again by a majority of members in both political parties. If the Republican-led Congress rubber-stamped Bush's actions, the Democratic-led Congress that replaced it went along with his lunacy and reneged on promises to end the war that marks its fifth anniversary today. Democratic presidential contender Hillary Clinton may talk about opposing the war, but she voted to authorize it voted to strip away American rights in the Patriot Act, and she has never, ever apologized for those mistakes. Barack Obama says he opposes the war, but we have yet to hear where he stands on the rights-robbing USA Patriot Act. Bush has led America's descent into a political and moral hell, but he did so with the help of Congress and the complicity of a media that didn't ask enough questions before the war and an electorate that returned him to orifice. He remains in office because Democratic Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi refused to allow her colleagues to bring forward well-deserved articles of impeachment against a criminal president. The blood of those who died in an illegal and immoral war stains not only the hands of George W. Bush, but also those of too many Republicans and Democrats in Congress who did nothing to stop his lunacy. Today, Bush will lie, politicians will pontificate, and demonstrators will demonstrate. Then tomorrow will go on. More Americans and Iraqis will die. More Americans will lose their homes, life savings, and financial security, while more speeches and promises will be made. But will anything change? Probably not. On this day, when we mark the anniversary of a criminal war brought by criminal enterprise in the White House and backed by a criminal enterprise on Capitol Hill, let's remember that the legacy of more of the same is the biggest crime of all. Writes our buddy Doug Thompson, who's still alive. They're hunting him down, I'm sure of that, in the hills there in West Virginia, wherever he's hanging it out. They're hunting him down in them holes, in, them, in those caves, maybe in Carlsbad Caverns. Isn't that where they have all the bats? Indeed they do. Those in pretty, pretty much Virginia? any other cavern. Is that in Virginia? Uh, maybe. I could find out. Google it. Doing it. I believe it's in Virginia. I never, I don't, I've driven through Virginia. I've driven through I, I don't think it is. What? Carlsbad Caverns? I don't think it's in Virginia. Or West Virginia? Well, where, where is it? I'm looking. Boy, here come more sirens, baby. They're just going nuts out there. Wow, you hear that? <coughs> Sounded like the fire truck was farting. I hope Joyce didn't hear that. New Mexico? New Mexico. Carlsbad Caverns is in New Mexico. Well, right, that's right, right next, next to Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> that's real close by. Not. It's in New Mexico? 
Years. What an educational show. I learned something already today. I never knew that. My whole life I thought it was like, uh, well, what difference does it make? Am I going to go see it? What do I want to see it for? Is that where they I have the know. stalactites and the stalagmites? Stalagmites, stalactites, and uh, columns. And bats. Sure. Bats Gu- hanging upside Guano. down. Guano. Bats in the belfry. What is a belfry, by the way? A bell tower. Well, what's a belfry? The, the bell tower and the school, the, that room where the bell is kept. Is that where Quasimodo's hanging out? You know it. Has he got the body up there or what? Ringing the bells, yeah. Esmeralda? She gave me water. I wonder if uh, Brady Quinn was the hunchback of Notre Dame. Bad move there by your Dolphins, Chris. I hate to break the news to you, boy, but John Beck, he's not the answer. He is not the future of that franchise. Brady Quinn would have been dynamite, man. They'd have sold 80 billion T-shirts. Yeah, because he did so well last year. He, what do you mean he did so well last year? He didn't play. What are you talking exactly. about? Yeah, in the one in the one game he did get in there at the end, uh, he did just fine against two. Yeah. Look, you all I know on, is they re-signed. Are you picking on Brady Quinn if now? Brady is that Quinn what you're was doing? supposed to be their 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 savior. Why did they re-sign Derek Anderson? Because he played good. That's why. Well, he's waiting in the wings, just like Tom Brady. He didn't come into he didn't come into England all of a sudden. And Bledsoe got thrown out. Bledsoe got injured, if you recall. If you know your football, Mister Mister yeah, Sportsman, Jock Sniffer. Well, there you go. Maybe Anderson will get the injured. Maybe uh, Brady Quinn will have his chance there in his pants. You're just blinded by Brady Quinn's looks. So what does it matter? I'm not blinded by anything. I saw plenty of him playing for Notre Dame. Man, he was a uh, kicking why? ass against a bunch of girls' schools. You know, Navy and. Not St. Mary's, though. I mean, nobody plays St. Mary's. Only the Hurricanes play St. Mary's. In the NCAA tournament, no, noon pregame show, and then 12.30 the game on Friday. As George, again, lucks out. gets the knee. See, we thought once the Marlins were gone, we wouldn't have any more of those uh, easy days off. Surprise! Right on. Clarence can always find some kind of a stupid sporting event to put on in the middle of the daytime when Thank nobody... Thank God. Knows. Oh. <laughs> 816 votes. I do believe that uh, Chris has got a real legitimate shot at 1,000. That would be a real fly opener. I'll tell you that now. That would be a miracle. 817 votes. The most important lesson I've learned over the years from the Neil Rogers Show is religion is for crazy people. 284. Over a third. 284. Just shut up and cash the checks. 131. That's what I do. Although I don't shut up because if I shut up, they won't send me the checks. Do no harm, 126. Don't get into radio, 110. It'll kill you, man. They just, well, of course, it's like any other business. They use you and they abuse you and they treat you like garbage and they squeeze everything, every ounce out of you like squeezing blood out of a, a rock, like squeezing every last drop out of a sponge, and then they discard you. Like the humper. How's the humper doing? I keep asking that every day and nobody yeah, knows. No, nobody Don't here. Don't get into radio, 110. Sugar is the worst drug in the world, 66. Body wash is not gay, 52. And don't be a sport hole, 48. Your biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. This is Brady Quinn. Whenever I shave my balls, I listen to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. Tom Brady's out. I want some quid. You ain't seen no man quite like Brady Quinn. Yes. He's a football player, dude. A solid wall of meat. The kind of guy that I want to do that's good enough to eat. Absolutely. I wonder if he'll go on a date. 
but there's no chance at all. No. So does that make me a sports queer if I want to see him grab the balls? Uh-huh. Oh, baby, wow. Look at that kid. You ain't seen no man quite like Grady Quinn. I'm just telling you what I think. Oh, well, again, you're wrong. Like Tom Brady. I mean, if he were ugly, would that make him a he better player? He just told me during the breaks so. he likes the handsome athletes way better, so you're right. <laughs> I believe that. Woo! Well, WB, one of our regular faxes, says Luray Caverns in Virginia might be the caves you're thinking about. I never heard of that. And then Carlsbad Caverns is in New Mexico, which we just found out. I never heard of that, but that's, uh, I guess, kind of interesting marginally. I don't want to go to Virginia or New Mexico. How do you like? I've driven through New Mexico. It was beautiful. On the way to California, I, I drove yeah. through New Mexico, and I saw all the uh, colorful, all the different colors on the, um, what, what is that? Not the mountains. The caverns, the, uh, the canyons. The can- that's it. The canyons of Mexico. All the different the colored rocks. Red and... Different shades of red and purple and stuff like that. Purple haze, purple uh, Gabby haze. It was marginally interesting. Not excessively so. Oh, here's a thing from TomPayne.com. They keep bugging me at the same time every day, so I know what it's going to be. Fill out your brackets for the big tournament. Just log out of WQM.com and register to play Hoops Hysteria. Picks can be made round by round and bonus points given for picking upsets. Hoops Hysteria online at WQM.com. I read the promo for the Big O's appearance from uh, Out of One again, but I Schmidt can it already. You got it? No. No. No, well, like I said, 835 votes on the poll for Chris. If we can get over 900 by 1 o'clock, you got a real solid, a uh, rock-solid chance, speaking of the big O. He's somewhere at 1000005, oh, 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 oh. somewhere, at a um, Kinko's, right? Right. Oh, and you go there and get your golf swing checked out by Jim uh, McLean, or whatever that guy's name was, Ray McLean, Jr., Representative John Murtha, who turns out to be a big, fat, old toad, a former Marine in Vietnam War veteran, has become one of Congress's most outspoken critics of the Iraq War, yesterday endorsed Swillery Clinton for president, saying she's the candidate that will forge a consensus on health care, education, the economy, and the war in Iraq, which makes absolutely no sense. But nevertheless, in 10 months, President Bush will leave office, said Murtha, Democrat of Pennsylvania, in a written statement. Our country is worse off today than we took office over seven years ago. He said he's known Clinton for 15 years, and she continually reaches out for opinions and ideas, not just from our nation's leaders, but from all Americans. This week, she highlighted the policy failures in Iraq and addressed the real challenges we face in regard to rebuilding our military, restoring our readiness, and fully preparing our armed services to meet and deter future threats, Murtha said. I know that Senator Clinton has a similar position that I have in regard to the war in Iraq. Oh, really? Her experience and careful consideration of these issues convinced me that she's best qualified to lead our nation and to bring credibility back to the White House. Uh-huh. 
Murtha recently told Congressional Quarterly that he and fellow Pennsylvania Democrats' representatives Mike Doyle and Robert Brady would vote as a block in the presidential election. Also, several elected officials close to Murtha have held off making their own endorsements pending his decision. Murtha, 75, initially supported the war in Iraq, although he criticized the Bush administration's handling of it and supported fellow Democratic Senator John Kerry for president in 2004. He completed the about-face in November 2005 when he called for the immediate redeployment of U.S. troops from Iraq, saying U.S. and coalition troops have done all they can. It's time for a change in direction. He was the first of senior lawmakers to call for an immediate withdrawal, immediately if not sooner. And here we are today, five years later, and the money is just a not just an outpouring of blood from human beings, but a, a blood money. An outpouring of your tax dollars, the likes of which nobody has ever seen. The economy is going to hell in a basket, in a casket. Oh, and speaking of uh, your money being flushed down the toilet, many, many years ago, I forget the year that we had the election on the uh, Metro Rail. Yeah. Talk about a fixed election, man. And, of course, Dade County is famous for very questionable elections. I mean, really, just like in the uh, 2000 presidential election. When the South Florida couldn't get it right, everything was all screwed up. That we were famous for that. And I remember watching Ralph Redneck on then Channel Four on this Metro Rail, the, the, the train to nowhere they called it. Train to nowhere. If you want to go to Shorty's for ribs, then it's great. Otherwise, a billion dollar boondoggle they called it. Even Ronnie Reagan said it would be cheaper to buy everybody in Dade County a Cadillac, a brand new Cadillac, than build a Metro Fail. You've been ever on the Metro Rail? No, I mean a long time ago. Lately. No. How about you, Chris? You live in Dade County. You ride the Metro Rail? Uh, not since high school. After postponing, Larry Leibowitz in the Herald writes, Hey, Larry, happy Purim, by the way. After postponing a federally mandated overhaul of the aging Metro Rail fleet for nine years, Dade commissioners yesterday agreed to toss out $9 million in consulting fees and staff time spent on the rehab and instead buy brand new cars. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They keep flushing your money down the toilet like it was coming out of a faucet somewhere. Commissioners, several of them angry at county managers and transit agency administrators, voted 8-2 to two to support the plan to buy new cars with at least $345 million from the half-cent sales tax for transportation that voters approved in 2002. The transit agency's argument was based on pure economics. New rail cars, properly maintained, can be purchased for $2.54 million apiece and last 30 years. About 30, man. The rebuilt cars would cost $2.25 million and last 20 years, said Transit Director Harpal Kapoor. Sounds like an Indian name to me. You know, I think India's taken over the whole country, you know it? Right. When you told me that thing about how when you pick up the phone and you call mm -hmm. one of these, um, like the phone company, right. one tech of these, support, any of these whatever. places. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, tech support. You're talking to some, it's not just a coincidence, the guy who helped me get my Internet back. And believe me, I bless him. I bless him dearly. Happy Purim, Pally. But uh, he was in India. Right. And then it was no coincidence that after I spoke to him, like the next couple of days, remember I started getting like phone calls from India soliciting, mm -hmm. uh, do you want this? Do you want, no, I don't want it. And I don't want to smell that curry like that guy at the machine next to me. Oh, can I get my coffee? Yeah, only if you don't come anywhere near me. Send somebody else over here to get it. Don't come anywhere near where I can breathe that aroma. Oh, it puts me in a coma. Ugh. People who smell. I mean, you know, like I'm a sloppy dresser. I have been all my life, and people joke about it. I don't really care. I've got some nicer clothes now that I do wear, but I'm still a slob. And it doesn't bother me. I, I don't dress to impress other people, but I don't smell. I smell good. I always put a deodorant. Yeah, really? I always put on some nice cologne. You know, I smell good, like a human being should. Good. I shower every morning. In fact, usually I shower twice every day. Mm -hmm. People who stink 
have no place on this planet. I'm, I think I what I'm going to do is I'm going to arm myself. If somebody smells, I'm going to take like a smell-o-meter. <laughs> and if the, no, if the needle goes over a certain point, but a bing, that's it, you're out. I think like we all feel this is a bitter pill we have to swallow, but swallow it we're going to have to do because we have a system that have to have a system that works, said Commissioner Katie Sorensen. We can't continue to throw good money after bad, she said. The fact of the matter is we need to do it, said Commissioner Natasha Sehas. They're falling apart. Sehas. That's that silent J in uh, Espanol. Like uh, Paco, every time we go into a restaurant, he orders apple juice. <laughs> the J is pronounced like an H. I understand that. Sejas. I, I know that. Yeah, like well, Tojas. So he's I know that. No reason to say apple use, but nevertheless, it's no use. What would you say? Apple juice? No. They have the J sound, but nevertheless, they do that. They do what? They, they drop it for some reason. They say apple use? They do. Well, that's what he says. It's cute. Commissioners Joe Martinez and Javier Soto voted no. Jose Pepe Diaz, Sally Heyman, and Audrey Edmondson were absent. AOL. No Pepe at the meeting. And, of course, that's the way we want it in Dade County. No PP except at the Westland Mall, where they're still doing the limbo rock to the glory holes. All you people in the Hialeah, man, you think you're fooling us? We know what you're doing. You're looking for glory holes. At Westland. I was going to say at Burdines, or was it at J.C. Penney's? Excuse me. It was the tea room at J.C. Penney's. I wonder if Larry Craig is tapping it out there, huh? Oh, he'd have a good time there. The old toe-tapper Larry Craig. People are horny. I know it comes as a great surprise. People want to get laid. People want to get uh, their rocks off. People want to do these things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I know it comes as a great shock to the hypocritical media because all of them are like, uh, you know, on a straight and narrow path. Like Miss Kamal, for example. Right. The weather yeah. Oh, here we go. I know that this is going to be. <laughs> yeah, I just got a message from your friend who doesn't bathe every day. I see. Yeah. Your friend on MySpace that you communicate with, that you send all those nice certificates to, who better start getting... I think maybe we'll send him some body wash with the next certificate. How long does it take to take a shower, you know? But I'm not going to make any more comment than that because I want, you know, I'm going to keep my nose out of his business. 850 votes on the full. You're going to do it, mister. I'm telling you that right now. And this is going to be one of the great, one of the banner days in the history of WQAM. Even Rick Shaw, I bet you, is like doing cartwheels. I know what Rick is thinking. You know, remember he gave me that. He, he was hinting around when he said, when it's time to retire, you'll know. You'll know it's time. He's trying to tell me, retire. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to work for another hundred years. I'm going to work until I croak. Why not? Right? Right. So if they only want to pay me 50 bucks a week, at least it's 50 more than I had before. I can go to Woodbine for sure. about five minutes on that. I'll give you something to do. By the way, let me give you a piece of advice on the slots. All right. Besides, don't play them. Okay. The Dollar Wheel of Fortune is the biggest sucker game they got going. Really? Now, in um, Vancouver, at the Nifty Casino they had there, River Rock, they had Quarter Wheel of Fortune. And they also had a couple of $5 machines, the old ones that are like three coin jobs. It's 15 bucks every time you hit the button. Boy, that's a, mm-hmm. a scam. That's a real ripoff. Instead of 10 bucks, it's 15 But I played those a little bit uh, very cautiously, and luckily I, I lucked out. I got 1250 bucks twice on the same machine. I didn't have any losing days in Vancouver. Every day was either I broke even or I won some money at the casino. And then we went to Montreal. Bad choice, baby, Montreal. The casino there, it's beautiful, but they have a one-way deal. They just take your money. They don't give you anything back. And the frogs. Oh, my God. If you French Canadians had any idea how obnoxious you are, you'd probably all commit suicide. 
Obnoxious, disgusting, grotesque, and no, I don't speak frog, okay? Sorry. Not names. The best talent. Speak it in English, okay? Sports Radio 560 Speak it in Connie. Speak anything, but not frog. The old Goodbye, Scooter Libby, 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 Libby. You out at secret agents in the field and got them killed Like Dick Cheney or a treasonous goose Can't pick your boyfriends in the twos Looks like it's time for flipping I'd like to ask working under Dick From your vantage point Does Cheney have a mole on his ass? Here we go again, I level neocon and always wind up in the pen. We'll never know how many agents died cause of your big mouth. With Lutzno back and row, we'll join you soon. When you see your cellmate Cheney, you can ask him why his name rhymes with that well, 17 at 560 WQM. Goodbye, Scooter, but not for long, man. Oh, uh, I beg your pardon. Just like Clinton, you know, all the, all the crooks together. Just like Bubba. Remember that at the end of his presidency when he let all yep. the crooks out? Oh, yeah. I beg your pardon. You got it. He's got it. 858 in the pool. Well, we're kicking ass in that pool today. Thank you uh, to the Palm Beach Troublemaker for a really good pool. The one tomorrow's not so good. It's an oldie. It's okay. I, I asked your approval before the show, and George said, I don't care. I said, right. yeah, well, give me uh, an opinion. He said, I don't want to. That's right. I don't want to. I'm definitely apathetic. You're apoplectic? Yeah. yeah. I'm ambivalent. You ought to go to the apothecary, the apotheque. Ooh. That's what they call the drugstore in uh, Europe, yeah. the apotheque in I'm Italy. Hip. and What? I'm hip. Barack Obama says the Iraq war has left the U.S. less safe yet is emboldened al-Qaeda, the Taliban, Iran, and North Korea. All of these things. In a speech not far from North Carolina's Fort Bragg military base, the Democratic presidential hopeful told military families and local officials the war must end. Five years today. Obama criticized both Democratic rival Swillery Clinton and John McCain, the Republican presidential nominee. Obama says they talk tough on national security and make decisions that leave the country less secure. Today is the fifth anniversary of the Iraq War. The Illinois senator repeatedly notes he opposed the war from the start, speaking out against it when he was a state lawmaker. In fact, here's his whole speech, just like, you know, the speech he gave yesterday? What? The speech he gave about race and religion yesterday. Oh, that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, yeah. On, online, they already yeah. had released the text of the speech. So I was reading along with it on, uh, on the Internet. How, how did you do? How did I do with what? With I'll reading, reading along. He, he never flubbed one single word in that speech. Yeah, that's why he can't be president. He's too well-spoken. He's too articulate. He speaks too well. It was just a speech in 2003. Like a speaker. Well, for him, he speaks well. Yeah, like there's something wrong with that. She's about as dynamic as a fruit fly in heat. Now, I take away the heat part. Just a regular fruit fly, not in heat. You know, I was, I was watching a show. Where the hell was it? I guess it was on the plane. One of those nature shows, Discovery Channel. And they were showing all these weird animals, like in Africa and all these different uh, places. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, the, the God 
squad out there. All these uh, people that believe these fairy tales about their god. Why did we? You know, why would he waste so much time creating all these Wait, different like he uh, you know, time? He makes time. Time waits for him. He ain't wasting nothing. Time is on his side. He's by the eternal. He's got nothing records. to do time anyway. Or, he made everything because he was born in the first place. Time will let me. Right. Time will let me by the outsiders. It's a good song. Don't play it though. I'm gonna. Don't do it. Next you're gonna be playing Abba again like yesterday. That really uh, frosted my ass. Eight hundred sixty-two votes on the poll. There you go. Medley of their hit on Capitol Records. Of course, that leaves the obvious question. If this group was the outsiders, then who the hell were the insiders? I can't wait forever. Am I right? Indeed. Something to think about. Something we can discuss someday when we take calls again in about 20 years. Oh, we want the calls, Neil. We want, don't want these bedtime. Well, get lost. It ain't going to happen. And you want to know why? Why? Because I don't want to. I don't want And don't read that spot. They're out of business. It's going to take me a long time to get over that, and and every I guess it's just me because everybody else seems very nonplussed by it. Like, oh well, you know, right. that's QAM. In this place, yeah, that's QAM. Nothing radioish happens here. I know, here. but I mean, this is just so uh, far above and beyond the Call of Duty. I mean, it's something you, I never heard of before. You know what's going to make you forget? I about never it? heard of it before. I've been doing this six thousand years. I never heard of it before. You know what's going to make you forget about it? What's that? The next outrageous thing that they do that you haven't heard of. Oh well, that'll be uh, what, Monday. This, yeah. More than two-thirds of Iraqis believe U.S.-led coalition forces should leave, according to a poll conducted for the British television, and of the fifth anniversary of the Iraq invasion today. Channel 4 News Survey, not Channel 4 in Miami, Channel 4 in uh, England, in London. Suge- you know, it's, it's really interesting. I, I don't know if they have call letters on the stations in, Eng- in England. They just uh, they talk about Channel 4 and Channel this. Um, you know what I mean? Right. But it does say the yeah, ORB, the ORB Channel 4 News Survey, suggested that 70% thought multinational forces should withdraw. But ORB is not the channel. That's something else. Yet some 40% of the 4,000 people surveyed said they wanted the U.S. to play a bigger role in rebuilding Iraq, and 36% wanted more British involvement. A lot of them wanted electricity and water, too. I think that would be nice. Just as like a little bonus thrown in. Overall, the wide-ranging poll painted a mixed picture of Iraqi attitudes, contrasting their bleak daily existence with a surprisingly positive attitude about the future. It threw up Starks at time. That's what I'm doing, throwing up. Because I'm getting a lot of pornographic messages on here. Oh, oh. Which I can't talk about on the air because they're just so grotesque, so puke-inducing to me. See, I'm not one of those people that's already that excited about discussing bodily fluids and things. You know what I mean? What, yeah, like that. What, what do you mean? It, just, it doesn't do anything for me other than just gross me out. Yeah. What, well, you know people who uh, are in it, who dig it? Yeah. I Your see. friend. Oh. It threw up stark statistics on the human cost of war, which began on March 20th, 2003, its effect on the infrastructure and daily life, plus the bloody sectarian violence that erupted in the aftermath of the invasion. Give us that good old-time religion, baby. It's the Shias and the Sunnis, and Muhammad did this, and Muhammad did that, and Muhammad wiped his ass with his right hand. He used Charmin. He used the white cloud, whatever, you know. A quarter of those surveyed said they had lost a family member to murder in Baghdad. That figure rose to nearly half. Forty-five percent in Baghdad have lost a family member to murder. Murder and bloodshed. Some 81% had suffered power cuts and 43% had experienced drinking water shortages. In the last month, more than a quarter, 28% have been short of food. Nice. Opinions varied on the progress of democracy. Less than a quarter, only 23% thought military action would prove to have been in long, 
Iraq's long-term interest. 55% were optimistic about the future, although 48% of the minority Sunni were not. Some 45% said they were satisfied with the pace of change, compared with 40% who were not, and just over two-thirds, 68%, predicted Iraq would one day be peaceful and normal. Right. Just like one day there will be peace in the Middle East between Israel and the Palestinians. Not. Four out of five people said their own area was already trouble-free. Well, good, goody, goody, gumdrop. That make you feel good? Oh, warm and fuzzy. Of course, uh, how come we don't hear too much about the fact that there was no Al-Qaeda and there were no terrorists in Iraq before uh, we went in there with the Iraq attack and we uh, found Sodom and hanged his ass and all that stuff? Well, they hanged his ass. Of course, that, that was really popular on YouTube for um, a short time. And then, of course, it's been transcended by so much, you know. So many other things on there that people are all whipped up about, including this uh, chick with the Elliot Spitzer chick. 869 vote on the poll, which means we'll be well over 900. 870, look at that there. They're pouring in by the Unos. I'm going to have me some apple use. What's the use? <laughs> what? What's the yeah, use? Well, what's the use? That's a good, then I'm going to use that line one of these days. Next lunch, maybe tomorrow. Yeah. I think I have a hot, a lukewarm lunch date tomorrow. Not a hot lunch date. Lukewarm. I see. Well, that's the way it goes. You know, that's me. I'm an old man. I can't, I can't be like some of you Juice. guys. Juice, you can make that sound. What? They have the ability to make that sound. Juice. But they don't. I know. It drives me they nuts, They know speaker that kind of Why English, do they switch okay? the CH and the SH? Why do they say share? Why do they say I'm Why seriously? Why do they say beesh? Why do they say I'm seriously? Why do they say choose? Use. Instead of choose. Beesh? Beesh. Instead of shoes, they say Life choose. Life is a beesh? Yes. Don't say that. Mara Galani will get back into Hollywood and she'll kick your ass. Wrong. She's gone. I know she's gone. I said she'll get back in there. Yeah, I know no, she's she long won't. overdue that she's gone. Yeah, it is. Humorless bitch. Oh, life is a beach. That's disgusting. We can't have uh, T-shirts like that in Hollywood because all the people in Hollywood are over the age of 100 except for George. And they're humorless and old and all dried up like a prune. I hope they enjoy their humming costume. This is Neil Rogers. The sports leader. Neil got out. W Q A L. Where the faggot is. Oh, there's Ali Felching speaking of that on CNN. You Comeback! It's Easter, baby. Good Friday on Friday. I got the day off because uh, you know 
It's one of those things, because they have to give us either Friday or Monday off, or they have to offer it off. If we want to be really real troopers, I could say, oh, no, I'm going to come in and work on Friday. Okay. You think I'm going to do that? I'm nope. going to be a real trooper? No. Nope. How about a paratrooper? How about a pooper scooper? So speaking of all those uses that I'm getting these messages about. <laughs> Bodily uses? Yeah, that, that's exactly correct. <laughs> See, it sounds much less uh, pornographic when you say it that way. Yeah. 879 votes on the pool. We're going to be way over 900 by 1 o'clock, and then Chris can just mosey on into 1,000, I hope. I'm pulling right. for you. I'm hoping. Well, thank you. Because it'll really put a feather in our ass when we do that line. Call it macaroni. Who was that Yankee doodle? Yep, that was. Stuck a feather up his ass and called it macaroni. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes me, oh, that's a bad, bad thing. Don't get, let me get started on that because I'm going to Woodbine right at 2 o'clock. It's Woodbine Wednesday. And I'll go upstairs to the cafeteria there and get that macaroni and cheese. It'll send my blood sugar skyrocketing. And then I'll be sicker in hell tomorrow. And then I'm off Friday anyway, so that'll be a long, you know. I just came back from vacation. I want to do that. So don't let me eat that macaroni and cheese, please. All right, don't. It's good. It's, no, it's oh, nasty. Drive God, that, that, that. It's, it's not bad. nasty. No, it's it's delicious. Caca. Mm. Lieberman lends McCain an assist after Gaff in Jordan. Oh, boy. Poor old insane McCain. He's crazier than a bed bug. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Well, let's just play that the rest of until the election, okay? Maybe the public will get the message. Bomb, 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 Iran. 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 Yeah, very funny, John. It's a big uh, joke. Everything's a big joke. Let's blow up the world. Ho, ho, ho. That'll kill all those uh, evildoers. Senator John McCain, the Republican presidential nominee in waiting, expressed fresh, fresh concern yesterday about Iran's influence in Iraq and rising sway in the Middle East. However, as the Washington Post campaign blog points out, Ms. McCain misidentified in remarks Tuesday which broad category of Iraqi extremists are allegedly receiving support from Iran. He said several times that Iran, a predominantly Shiite country, was supplying the mostly Sunni militant group Al-Qaeda. Cameron W. Barr and Michael Shear note, in fact, officials have said they believe Iran is helping Shiite extremists in Iraq. After McCain said it was common knowledge and been reported in the media that Al-Qaeda is going back to Iran and receiving training and are coming back into Iraq from Iran, the Post reports Senator Drew Lieberman, standing just behind McCain, stepped forward and whispered in the presidential candidate's ear, lending McCain to add, I'm sorry, the Iranians are training extremists, not Al-Qaeda. Well, poor Drew Lieberman had to stand there and whisper in his rear. The Post blog adds the mistake threatened to undermine McCain's argument that his decades of foreign policy experience make him the natural choice to lead a country at war with terrorists. In recent days, McCain has repeatedly said his intimate knowledge of foreign policy make him the best equipped to answer the phone ringing in the White House at 3 o'clock in the morning or 3.45 or whatever. Look at that. If, have rising gas prices caused financial hardship to your family? The new CNN poll, 72% yes and only 28% no. And probably of the 28% who say no, they can't afford a car. McCain also voiced concern that Tehran is bringing militants over the border into Iran for training before sending them back to fight U.S. troops in Iraq and blamed Syria for allegedly continuing to exploit a flow of foreign fighters. Well, let's bomb them all, McCain. Come on, insane McCain, McBush, McNutt. There was a guy, Keith McNutt, used to drive a Batavia Downs at Buffalo Raceway. We continue to be concerned about Iranian influence and assistance and to Hezbollah as well as Iranian pursuit of nuclear weapons, McCain said. He ended that if elected president, he would coordinate better with Europe to impose a broad range of sanctions and punishments on Tehran to convince them that their activities, especially development of nuclear weapons, is not a beneficial goal to seek. McCain declined a comment on whether he could back an eventual decision to strike Iran if Tehran doesn't cease its nuclear, uh, nuclear activities. 
In response to a question about possible U.S. strikes against Iran, McCain only said, at the end of the day, we can't afford having a nuclear-armed Iran, which is code for... You know what he meant when he said that, don't you? Bum, 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 Iran. Bum, 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 Iran. McCain ran into trouble last year when he joked about bombing Iran, giving a campaign audience in South Carolina a rendition of the opening lyrics of the Beach Boys rock classic Barbara Ann, calling the tune, bomb, 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 Iran, etc., McCain, who has linked his political future to U.S. success in Iraq, was in the war-torn country on Monday for meetings with Iraqi and U.S. diplomatic and military officials, along with your vice president, Dick Cheney. That Chris Matthews, man, it's just, he, he, he must have the um, Anderson Pooper thing going for him. He must have relatives in high places somewhere. I imagine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He can't speak. He can't speak. Hey. He talk. Here's the politics fix. The politics fix. He can't even say the word. He can't speak. A lot of people on the air can't speak. What about uh, you know Larry Tom King? Tom Bokov. Bobo Wobo. Yeah. Tom Bokov. The The Robnik. God. Eight hundred eighty-six votes on the poll. Come on, let's surge that thing. Let's get the surge working here, man. Well, look at that. There. They just showed the first computer. What do they call that thing? The first computer. It had a name. Univac. Yeah, that was it. Very good. Way before your time. It's back in the 50s, Univac. I know. And it used to take up like a whole room, all these mm-hmm. big, gigantic, and uh, you could do almost nothing with it, right. you know? With wheel to wheels. That's before the Google guys came along. I told you I saw their thing on biography, and I've got to be honest with you. I, you know, I, I, mean, I just I don't know what to say that there are people that brilliant. When you realize how many stupid people there are out there, it goes to show you that there's the potential for people doing a lot of phenomenal things. But most people would rather be lazy and stupid and just get laid and uh, be stoned all the time, you know, like George. Mm-hmm. Well, here's another poll suggestion. Now, is this a good one? Which of these things is most likely to happen in your lifetime? I think we might have done it before, but uh, just fine. Well, not this one. We, we've, done, we've done similar, but not this exact one. Not with these churches. Man, space, flight to Mars in your lifetime. Legalization of marijuana in the U.S., world will run out of oil, cure for AIDS, cure for cancer, peace in the Middle East, or the second coming of Jesus. Oh, my God. I'm waiting for the second coming of Jesus. All those bubble mices, man, all those stories. Now, what, what's the um, video that we have on our website? Which one, the Zeitgeist? Zeitgeist, that's the one. Right. Everybody needs to watch that mm-hmm. and realize. Jesus for the hormones. Well, beside that. All these same fairy tales have been stolen from one religion after another throughout the ages, man. The same stories with the virgin birth and the crucifixion and rising from the dead and all these other ridiculous bubble mices, you know? They'd be better off to watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail, one of something like that. Am I right? Right. Then reading these Bibles and watching these churches. The Life of Blind would be good, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that was the Life of Blind Andrews. Oh, and speaking of uh, Vancouver and the casino... They had a, a game in the slots called Hee Haw. Okay. And one of the features on this thing, the, the big deal was that there were like these chickens that would pop up. Okay. And every time the chicken, one, one of the chickens would pop up, it would go like that, the first one. And if you got the second one, it would really go like, bye, 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 like and then if the third one comes up, then you get 29 free uh, spins. Okay. I had that several times, and that's kind of fun to sit back, and the banjo music is playing, and they're picking and grinning, and you're sitting there and, uh, uh, you know, accumulating a whole lot of bonus points. Like that. 
It was fun. It was good. To, uh, let me say it again. Vancouver's great. Anybody who goes to Vancouver and doesn't like it, there's got to be some kind of a, a misfit. The biggest names. The best talent. Chris Chris like it, really. 898 votes, two more, and we'll have 900. Then we start building on that toward that 1,000. Boy, if we get a 1,000. Maybe I'll take tomorrow off, too, if we get a 1,000 votes. And Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday, and Monday. Monday's good Monday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. Well, it, well, the first day of spring is what, tomorrow? He's looking. I thought it was March 21, but maybe it's tomorrow. Like 20th. It, uh, 20th? C. Yeah, see this? Oh, it's a toasty no. plus three, man. It's raining. It's been raining for two days. So it's washing away whatever um, snow we had left on the ground. Most of it's gone. And once it's gone, hopefully it ain't coming back. It's plus three. It's 38. Isn't that toasty? Indeed. For the 19th of March. Not too toasty, man. Let, let, let's crank it up a few degrees, eh? Let's get it going, eh? God. Senator Swillery Clinton bluntly challenged Barack Obama to agree to new primaries in Michigan and Florida today and said it was wrong and, frankly, un-American not to have the two delegations seated at the DNC. Senator Obama speaks passionately on the campaign trail about empowering the American people, she said, uh, who trails her rival and delegates one to date. Today I'm asking him to match those words with actions. Obama has yet to declare his support or opposition, although his campaign has raised a number of procedural and legal questions about the most recent proposal for an early primary in March. What do they mean an early primary? What are they talking about? They're talking about the 3rd of June. That's an early primary. See, this doesn't make any sense. This is on the raw story, and if you ask me, it's pretty raw. The proposal offers a rerun for the state, but not for all voters, Bob Bauer. Obama's election lawyer wrote in a memo during the day. He warned of the possibility of numerous legal challenges and embarrassment to the party. Florida and Michigan both held primaries in January on a schedule that violated Democratic Party rules and have been stripped of their convention delegates as a result. Clinton made a hurriedly arranged trip to Michigan to dramatize her support for new primaries at a time when some state party officials have been drafting legislation to hold that primary on the 3rd of June. She is, the word you're looking for, desperate. Yes. Desperate. 
Grasping for straws, baby. Just reaching out there and trying to grab that thing, the brass ring. Oh, there's Ricky Sanchez. Store, or those eggs. All dressed up like a priest. Or the ingredients for the pizza that you were all talking about. Well, what, what is that? Look at that. Are you on CNN? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that garb he's wearing? <laughs> it looks what like is a that? priest without the collar. Closures on him. As a matter of he's fact, you know what collar. else is going on? There he's right? got a ring around the collar. Ricky Ticky Sanchez. Proving that CNN is the Antichrist, man. Putting his ass on there. With his melodramatic crap. They're talking about the price of pizza going to be so high because the price of wheat has gone through the roof now. So the price of everything is going to cost you like $400 for a pie pretty soon. Thank God we got Tony's over there and uh, Jeff. Swillery said nothing less than the outcome of the general election may be at stake in the dispute over the two states. The road to a Democratic White House goes through Michigan and Florida, she said, but there were strong political calculations at work as well. Swillery trails Obama and convention delegates after primaries and caucuses in more than 40 states, and her chances of catching up are remote at best. Lopsided victories in second primaries in Florida and Michigan would help narrow the delegate deficit, but even if she fell short, victories over Obama would strengthen her argument that party leaders who attend the convention as superdelegates should consider a candidate's ability to win in key states in the fall election before they choose a candidate. Originally, Michigan was to have 128 delegates at stake in its primary. Florida's total was 185. Superdelegates swelled the totals. Clinton won the renegade primaries in both states, although all the candidates had pledged not to campaign in either state, and Obama removed his name from the Michigan ballot, as did John Boy Edwards. Clinton referred to that in her brief appearances before members of an audience gathered in AFSCME Union building. When others made the decision to remove their names from the ballot, I didn't believe, I didn't because I believe your voices should count, she said. Right. Wouldn't you love to be the only name on the ballot, huh? If you didn't want to play by the rules, if your name was Clinton and you wanted to cheat? And that's why I've been saying we need to either count the votes that have already been cast in Michigan or Florida and have new full and fair elections. Bauer's memo didn't go as far as flatly opposing the proposal under consideration, but it cited numerous political difficulties. He said any revote would have to be approved by the Justice Department under the Voting Rights Act and noted it would be paid for by private funds. He also warned of possible lawsuits by Democrats or independents who voted in last winter's Republican primary and would be barred from the second primary as a result. You know what? My allergies are kicking up. You know what it is? A Rick Sanchez allergy. I see. And now my Allie Felching allergies acting up. Oh, my God. What What do they got her on there all the time for? What is the story with that lady? I don't know. I try to. In avoid. other words, he wrote the proposal offers a rerun for the state, but not for all the voters. Both Michigan and Florida presumably are friendly territory for the New York senator. Michigan is home to large numbers of white, blue-collar workers, many of whom are favored in other primary states. It doesn't mention the fact that they've got enormous numbers of dark voters in Michigan, like in Detroit and Grand Rapids and places like that. And Flint. Obama's difficulty in reassuring Jewish voters about his support for Israel makes Florida problematic for him in a primary, as does the presence of a large number of Hispanic voters. And remember way back when, months ago, when I had that article, you were on vacation, but I told you about it, that said Hispanic voters generally tend to vote against black candidates. Mm-hmm. What is that all about? What are you talking about? Do you vote for Arabs? Do Jews vote for Arabs? You're all Semites. You all come from the same place, right? You know, kosher and circumcised and all Clinton's that. Clinton's case was strengthened during the day when the two leaders of the Democratic Rules Committee issued a statement saying the emerging plan in Michigan was in keeping with party rules. Plans for a revote in Florida collapsed over the weekend, leaving the fate of that state in uh, in limbo. We're doing the limbo rock in Florida. That's because most people in Florida are waiting to die. Pretty soon we're going to be dead in a box. They'll take us to a, you know, Mount Sinai first, and then we'll croak there, and they'll take us to a... Well, what's the a big uh, cemetery? Where? Mount Sinai. 
No, Mount Sinai is not a cemetery. It's a hospital. Oh, okay. Although, you know something? You could easily <laughs> die there. I damn near did. Remember that? I know. I remember that call. Oh, my God. My call to Rick Riley. Mm-hmm. I, I think I got it in here. Really? Do I have it in here still? One moment, please. No, I don't think I have that anymore. You got it? I don't have it. I never had it. You never had it? Neil calls mm-hmm. Rick Riley? When I had my uh, gallbladder out and I thought I was going to die right there in uh, Mount Sinai? Well, that was a bad experience. Let me tell you that right now. 905 votes on the poll, baby. Let's, let's in these next seven minutes before 1 o'clock really goose that number up there so we can slide into the 1,000. I don't want to, like, have to push and pull. And, of course, Chris doesn't want to do that because he's too genteel, you know? Oh. Uh-huh. Now, what are you, uh, what, uh, now, isn't, what, when does Lent start? Are we already in Lent? I think we're already in Lent. Yeah. Lent. When does it start? Like the month before Easter? 40 days, I think, isn't it? 40 days and 40 nights? Yeah, sounds good. Is Lent, does that mean we have to eat that Yentl soup? See, I really did think that that was a um, Catholic thing, lentil soup. Mm-hmm. And then what did you tell me? Is it a Jew thing? I didn't tell you. A listener did. That it's a Jew thing. Right. you got a fax on it. Well, did you eat lentil soup in Pesach? Is it kosher for Pesach? I don't know. If they do a bracha over it, it is. I sure don't want to like, go to hell because I had lentil soup in Pesach. Not that I would ever eat lentil soup anyway. Oh, man. It tastes like exactly what it looks like. Mush? Okay, It's the color of the... Canal water in Amsterdam. I don't, I don't want to say dark brown, but that, that's what it looks like, and that's what it tastes like. Like, oh, fat. Like, duty. Howdy. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, forget to fill out your brackets for the tournament. George is filling it out because he won some money last year. Right. He doesn't care about the outcomes of the games any more than I do. Yep, I'm done. I done filled it out. But he hopes to win some more cash just by luck, blind luck, beginner's luck. Just log out of WQM.com, register to play Hoops Hysteria. Picks can be made round by round, and bonus points are given for picking up sets. That's Hoops Hysteria online at WQM.com. 908, it's really great on the poll on NeilRogers.com. 908, like I said. No restaurant tomorrow on our 50-50 thing. We had a little, little um, incident this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. With a little inside. We got one all lined up for next week, I guess. That's what the Duffmeister tells me. I think Duff ought to just handle that deal by himself and not let some of these other people like Andy, whoever Andy might be. I remember Andy Devine on the Buster Brown show on TV back in the early 50s. Pluck your magic twanger, Froggy. Andy, Andy Devine. He was about 600 pounds uh, slim. And what is with Zach losing all this weight? You notice how many 300-pounder-plus people we have, we have and have had in the station uh-huh. over the years? We had Fat Boy, we had Josh Friedman, Zach, the Beast, the Humper. You think he you think he went at three hundred? I don't know. How tall was he? Like five eight? Hank? Yeah. Get out of here, five eight. He's like five nine or five ten. He's not a short guy. It's just that when you weigh six hundred pounds you're kinda of slumped over all the time. And that big puppet kinda of drags you down a little bit. I think he probably uh, at, at least at one time he probably went about three 380, I mean 3-something. Let's bring Hank back and have a weigh-in every day. Come on. Bring back the humper. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. This is Neil Since Felix Leader has won, Natasha and I no longer have to look for a moose and squirrel. Instead, we listen to the Neil Rogers Fair and Balance 1-2 to two Hour. <laughs> 
Gourd Hole Radio, 560 WQAM. Interrupt this portion of the Indigestible Dolphin Reader Digest to bring you this Miami Hurricane basketball update with Clarence I'm So Pretty Darrow. Hi, this is Clarence Darrow, and we're going to do a very nice job here. We're here at the Miami Hurricane basketball game, and I'm a professional broadcaster that's making about a half a million dollars a year. Ha-ha! <laughs> so, okay, now, they're running down the court. Here they go. You need to be aggressive running down the court. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're running so aggressively. <clears throat> If only you knew what was going through this child's mind right now. Just look at those big sinewy men. I'm so glad sports is the only thing that matters. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He put the ball in the basket. He put the ball in the basket. He put the ball in the basket. You know what? What? He put the ball in the basket. Oh, good. I'm well, going to go uh, in a second here. When I hear the beep beep on my microwave, I'm nuking a weenie right now. <clears throat> That's going to be my lunch. All right. There, do you hear it? Beep beep. So, Phil, for like uh, 10 seconds, I got already a paper towel. I'm going to eat it right out of a paper towel. My weenie. Really? Now, the reason I did that is because last time I had, like, a raw weenie and you guys chewed me out for eating a cold weenie on here. Well, that was a long time ago. Mmm. What? That was years ago the last time I said anything to you about eating cold weenie. No, you did not. It was years ago. It was somebody else then recently. Maybe it was when you were I on gave, vacation. I gave up on that. Maybe it was. But I used to eat that all the time. I beg your pardon? Cold weenies right out of the fridge. Did you? Yeah. Oh, well, it was definitely when you were on vacation, because whoever was there was giving me some real... Yeah. I know Chris was giving me crap Probably about it. Probably Josh or something like that. Yeah, Probably. you and Josh, uh, no, no, when you're that po-po. I keep sending that money to that I shouldn't be doing. When Brandon's po-po. sure right about that. Huh? Yeah. Mmm. Nothing like a weenie, baby. 921 votes on the poll. Don't be eating on the air now, because Jolly Joe will call you in for another inquisition, you know. Was Neil eating on the air again today? Don't you remember that email I sent you from some irate listener, some old bitch? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Everything requires an inquisition. That's the one thing I don't understand about this man. Why why have an inquisition about when I had to leave at 1 o'clock to go on vacation? Of course, now that I I look back on it, what? I don't know. I still got six weeks left this year, by the way. I think I'm going on one right now. I'm going on vacation. See ya. <laughs> and George is going to spin some wax. See, it's, when you're on the air, it's not good eating a hot weenie. It's too okay. hot. It burns your I mouth. See. It burns. Especially, especially when you nuke it. It burns. I didn't have time to heat it up in the flavor wave. That would have been That would have been preferable, the way to do it. And it tastes better that way, too. A weenie is not something that's cooked, that cooks well in a microwave. Am I right? No, I mean, the best way is, like, fry it up. Fry it up? Oh, yeah. How about on a grill? Skillet? Or How about okay. on a grill? Well, that, yeah, fry it on a grill. Mm. You fry it on a grill? You don't well, you know, it. I mean, that's what you use in a frying pan. It's the same effect. You're broiling. Broiling would be good. The worst, the worst is boiling. 
Yeah. Weenies. Oh, yeah. Oh, Black. my God. Black. Boiled now, meat. Now, old Jews do that. I don't know if uh, Jews nowadays do Ooh. that. But old Jews used to boil weenies. My mother used to do that. Oh, horrible. And then all the fat from the hot dog like gets into the water, you know, it's like floating around around the top and like, oh, all the grease and the schmutz. Ah. I don't know if I'm allowed to eat this before Purim, so better finish it fast. Now I got my appetite all worked up for that macaroni and cheese. I know I'm going to have it because you talked me into it. Didn't you talk me into it, Chris? Don't do it. Yep. You said, boy, there's nothing like that macaroni and cheese at Woodbine. It's a sure bet. 9.28 on the pole. We need 72 votes in 55 minutes. That's not, that's very doable. Yep. Especially if they start coming in in big chunks, which I just accidentally spit out a chunk of my weenie on the uh, log here. Oh, not good. And also on this story, I'm spitting all over the place. Gordon Brown has promised that the, see, I can't, I can't do him. I gotta clear my uh, throat first. I gotta finish the weenie, then I can read these stories. So probably you should, like, uh, spin some wax. I'm not that. Why do you keep playing that crap? Because I dig it. I don't dig it. Yeah. Bury it. There you go. That's more like it. I like that's it. Some, that's some uh, St. Patty's Pool music. Some springtime leprechaun. Put us some spring in your uh, step. Like Larry Craig. <laughs> Oh, look at that. Atlanta's on alert. They're going to have more severe weather. I told you, God is pissed off in Atlanta big time. Now, what was the reason I gave the other day why he was pissed off at Atlanta? I don't know. Fags? No. No, because CNN is there. You better get with it, mister, because the CNN headquarters are there. Atlanta's on alert. Streets are, streets are closed as a precaution. They already had all the wind and the buildings go tumbling and the tornadoes and, uh, and crap. I know they're going to have more crap today, isn't that good? They deserve it. Mm-hmm. Boy, it sure take me a long time to eat this weenie. If it was cold, it would already be um, in my gullet. <laughs> what the hell was that? Oh, filler music. Okay, I'm done with my weenie. <laughs> now i got to wash it down. You know what I really love? What's that? Gay sex. Besides gay sex, Fresca. Okay. How about a Fresca? What about it? I don't have any more. I bought three cans. It's not easy to find Fresca here in the big uh, two-liter bottles, you know. Once in a while, I find it. But hey, uh, the can, glass and debris falling from Toronto-damaged buildings. What? Tornado-damaged buildings. I thought it said Toronto. I was going to say, hey, look out now. You are such a purveyor of crap. <laughs> He was just worried about you. Yeah, right, I bet. He thought maybe you were falling from the building. That's right. I thought that was your building they were showing there. With Believe stuff me, falling when, out the window. when I fall from the building, you'll know about it. I Gordon Brown, is, can I do this story or That's not? I eat a weenie instead. Shut up. Gordon Brown has promised that the British government will hold a full-scale inquiry into the mistakes made in Iraq before and since the invasion five years ago. His concession marks a significant break from his predecessor, Tony Blair 
who steadfastly refused to hold a wide-ranging inquiry into the war. Mr. Brown, however, insists it's not the right time for an immediate investigation as the situation in Iraq remains fragile. And British troops are still trying to bring stability to the country. The Prime Minister said there's a need to learn all the possible lessons from the military action in Iraq and its aftermath and how many more people we can kill. I mean... Uh, on the eve of the fifth anniversary of the invasion uh, last night, Mr. Blair's former chief of staff, Jonathan Powell, warned it could take decades to bring calm to Iraq. He also admitted the British and U.S. governments had seriously underestimated the scale of the task before them back in 2003. There will come a time when it's appropriate to hold an inquiry, said Mr. Brown, but whilst the whole effort of the government and the armed forces is directed towards supporting the people in the government of Iraq as they forge a future based on reconciliation, democracy, prosperity, and security, we believe that it is not now. Right. God forbid we should do it now. So the embarrassment. Oh, look at that. Severe flooding. Boy, the Lord is really pissed off. What are all those bombs? Oh, that's Baghdad five years ago. I thought maybe that was Atlanta. Wouldn't that be something? Drop one of those babies right there in the middle of CNN headquarters. Oh, I hope Wolf Blitzkrieg ain't in there. That would be really bad. Not him and that Ellie Felching queen. CNN is the antichrist. I mean, Fox, we know what it is, okay? It's a bunch of Nazis and dragons. They're not fooling anybody. But CNN pretends to be like real news people, you know. And there's Wolf with, oh, the best, uh, the best uh, political team in television. Yeah, you should live so long, okay? You phony baloney. Get your ass back to the kibbutz and go, uh, you know, wrap your tefillin around your neck and cut the crap and shave the beard off, too. 936 votes on the poll. The most important lesson I've learned over the years from the Neil Rogers Show is religion is for crazy people. 330. 35.2%, over a third of this audience, have learned from me that religion is for... And just look at the world, man. If you don't believe me, if you think I'm one of those militant atheists, too bad. Just look around. You don't see the atheists stirring up all the crap in Iraq and in Palestine and in Israel. Did I say Palestine? Well, what used to be? Whatever the hell it is. Right. What is it? Well, the occupied territories, you know, right, Palestine, exactly. until they Palestine. superimposed Israel over it, you know. And Ireland. Everywhere. Every, the India, the India and the Pakistan. They're packing it, baby. And boy, do some of those people smell bad. I, I still can't get over this thing about people who smell bad. Take a bath. Water is cheap, man. Nah. Take a freaking shower once a month at least. Religion is for crazy people, 332. Just shut up and cash the checks, 152. Just take the money to the bank, that's all. Do the best you can and take the money right to the bank. Do no harm, 140. Don't get into radio, 122. Sugar is the worst drug in the world, 77. It is so addictive, it'll kill you. It'll give you diabetes. It'll make you fat. In fact, I'm going to go over and get some of those new Snickers almond bars right now. I'm going to get a whole box of them. Body wash isn't gay, 63, or don't be a sport hole, 54. Out of 940, 940, that's a nice spot on a radio dial, 50,000 watts. What a waste. What a waste of a frequency, man. Could be some really good stuff. They could have some big numbers over there on 940. 50,000 watts, the best AM signal in uh, the state. And what do they got on there? Drek. Real crap about matters as grave as war. We need a policy rooted in reason and facts, not ideology and politics. There you go. You tell them, Barack. Kick their ass. And there's that smug bitch. She's always got that smug look on her face. You know I mean, I'd like to wipe it right off her face with my fist. ...from across this great state need a commander-in-chief who will end the war in Iraq and bring them... Right, the one that you voted for, honey. That's the one. Yeah. 
biggest names. The best talent. Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Neil? God? Absolutely. at 560 WQM. Poor Elliot Spitzer, not finger-pointing hypocrite phony. How can he just be like a regular guy and go out and screw around and have a good time without pointing the finger at everybody else? That's It'll be right. like Larry Craig calling somebody a fag, you know. Mm -hmm. Or like a Mark Miss Foley. Or like Charlie uh, Jesus Christ. Your um, gay governor. Well, I hope we don't get stuck here on this pool 950. Oh, thank God. We got over that. That's one hump. We got 42 minutes for 50 votes. Anybody ought to be able to do that. Right, Chris? Definitely. For sure. We're going to do it. Don't sound too uh, cocksure about it, though, because that's a bad bad altitude to take. Say what? What? You heard what I said. Act like you're real panicky and like, oh, gee, we're not going to make it. So everybody goes rushing to their PC and says, and shoves everybody else. If you're in the orifice, shove anybody else out of the way. That's right. Say, let me get to that computer right now so I can go to neilrogers.com and vote on that poll, and then maybe I'll go back to work, and maybe not. Maybe then I'll look at some porno on your computer, you know. Democrat Barack Obama's big national lead over Hillary Clinton has all but evaporated in the U.S. presidential race. And both Democrats trail Republican John McCain according to a Reuters Zogby poll released today. Like I told you, there's a poll for everybody. If you don't like this one, look at that one. If you don't like that one, then we'll find you another one. The poll showed Obama held only a statistically insignificant lead of 47 to 44% over Swillery, down sharply from a 14-point edge he held over her in February when he was writing the title of those 10 straight victories, which, as I recall, it was 11 or 12, but nevertheless, it says here 10. The poll showed Arizona Senator McCain, who was Clinton's Republican nomination, is benefiting from the lengthy campaign battle between Obama and Clinton, who are now battling to win Pennsylvania April 22th. McCain leads in a hypothetical matchup against Obama, 46 to 40%, and against Swillery, 48 to 40 percent. The Obama-McCain uh, poll is a sharp turnaround from the Reuters Ivy poll last month, which showed head-to-head -head Obama would beat McCain 47 to 40. The last couple of weeks have taken a toll on Obama in a general election matchup on both Democrats, said pollster John Zogby. See, that's what she's doing. That's what she's accomplishing, is destroying him and destroying the party. Nice going, Swillery. 
It's not surprising to me that McCain's on top because there's disarray and confusion on the Democratic side, Zogby said. The poll showed Obama continues to have strong support from African Americans, but he's experiencing some slumpage among moderates and independents. Among independents, McCain led for the first time in a poll, 46 to 36 percent over Obama. He was behind McCain by 21 percent among white voters. Zogby attributed this to a combination of the fallout from the Swillery victory in Ohio earlier this month and the controversy over uh, uh, Jeremiah, whatever his name is, Wright Sermons. That is named Jeremiah and his bullfrog. And just the closer he gets to the nomination, the tough questions whites ask about an African-American candidate, Zogby said. Well, who the hell knows? I just don't see a lot of these rednecks voting for a dark guy. You know, I mean, I could be wrong about that. I sure hope I'm wrong. And I know for damn sure that they're not going to vote for her. No. They're like old insane McCain, man. He's, you know, he's that American hero. He's the POW. He's the, uh, you know, old gray-haired, uh, whatever the hell he is, coot. He's a real coot. And a real hoot, too. He's got that great sense of humor, you know. Bomb, 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 bomb everywhere. Fill in the blank. Bomb anywhere. Syria, Iran, North Korea, Canada, Mexico. 950-some-odd, 54 not making a big push on that poll. See what I'm telling you? You're acting too complacent. The average price for a gallon of diesel fuel is $4.02. And, uh, and Let's take a look at how those markets are doing. We haven't called Rick Riley today and gotten a... Uh, would that be something to get Rick Riley on here? Not yeah, yeah, well, that'd be something. You said it. I can't say the word what it would be, though. Oh, Bear Stearns is $5.55 a share. <laughs> All right. S&P is down 4.5, the Dow is down 57, the NASDAQ is down 12. Gold is 948 bucks an ounce. Why didn't you tell me when gold was like $400 an ounce? Put all your money in gold. I did. You did not. Precious metals, actually. You How the hell you did? When did okay. you say that? I didn't when did say you it. ever say that I didn't to me? say it to oh. you until just now. Oh, now you're saying it. It's my, yeah. it's my 401k. Like when, the race is, like when mm-hmm. the horse race is over. Choose different funds. But it was a like long time ago. John from uh... Detroit. After the race was over, I told you he had the winner in every race. Mm-hmm. Oh, I told you I like the seven. I told you. Yeah. Should live so long. Well, you know oil, what happens. Oil is only 104 and a quarter a barrel. What a bargain. Let's go and get a whole bunch of barrels. Roll out the barrel. Come on. I want to see what that euro is now. Oh, it's uh, only 156 and a half. And the Canadian is less than the U.S. dollar, 99.31. Oh, let's uh, go nuts at Woodbine. See, that's good because when I withdraw money from my accounts, it has to be, you know, in Canadian dollars. And so if the exchange rate is bad, I get a screwing. And, of course, either way, you're going to Well, what I started to tell you before, don't play the dollar a wheel of fortune. Not that I haven't had some success on them, but there, there's no upside. There, you, you can pour hundreds of dollars in there, and there's just not that much upside. Unless you had a two or three thousand dollar jackpot on there, what are you going to get? So my Jack? suggestion to you guys is take take your few dollars to the five dollar wheel of fortune machine, stick it in there, and it'll be over in two three minutes, and uh, okay. you'll go home. All right. It's a lot less painful that way. Instead of sitting there, there's Ricky Ticky Sanchez again with his priest outfit. There you have it, Brianna. The situation really you're on the ground, the trenches, as it were. For Americans who are having to deal with it. He is just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's unspeakable. But then again, they'll put anybody on here, you know. Whatever happened to whiny Aaron Brown? Somebody emailed me on the MySpace about that yesterday. Where's Aaron Brown? Remember all the whining he used to do? He nope. used to be on ABC on the weekends. Nope. He was on CNN with his a bad red wig. Oh, my God. Even, <laughs> even that one would have been embarrassed by that piece. Some of the most iconic images of the Iraq war come not from photojournalists on the front lines, but U.S. soldiers carrying point-and-shoot digital cameras. 
In its latest issue, the New Yorker profiles the woman who snapped many of the photos depicting abuse at Abu Ghraib prison that the same magazine revealed nearly four years ago. Like many of the soldiers in charge of the detained Iraqis at Abu Ghraib, Sabrina Harmon had little experience running a prison. As Philip Gorovich and Errol Morris report, she and others in the Army Reserve didn't uh, stick out at the prison where almost nothing was run according to military doctrine. There's a lot of other things sticking out. The low-ranking reservist soldiers who took and appeared in the infamous images were singled out for opprobrium and punishment. They were represented in government reports in the press and before courts martial as rogues who acted out of depravity. Yet the abuse of prisoners at Abu Ghraib was de facto U.S. policy. The authorization of torture and decriminalization of cruel, inhuman, and degrading treatment of captives in wartime have been among the defining legacies of the current administration, and the rules of interrogation that produced the abuses documented on the military intelligence block in the fall of 2003 were the direct expression of the hostility toward international law and military doctrine that was found in the White House and the Vice President's office and at the highest levels of the Justice and Defense Departments. What they're trying to say, I think, is that these people are a bunch of butchers, and they're always blaming somebody else. Somebody else done it. Let them go and hang for it. But in the meantime, they were the ones who uh, ordered it and uh, enjoyed it. They probably used to sit around late at night watching all the, uh, the movies, you know? You know what I'm talking about? Probably uh, W. and Condoleezza used right. to sit around sipping martinis. 961 on the poll. Oh, we can do it. You need 39 votes in 34 minutes. Even uh, a dead man could do that. Well, let's start, everybody. Get votes. Don't do the spots. They're out of business. The biggest names. The best talent. The sports leader. Gordon Liddy, and they don't come any worse than Neil Rogers. Right now on Access Hollywood. Hillary, since you've been campaigning nonstop, have you and Bill had the time to get sexed up? Well, I'm a little busy right now. I hardly have time to sleep hard to find time to have fun on the campaign trail, but uh, occasionally you can sneak that in. Who are you trying to fool? For real. When's the last time you two got your freak on? 2002. Whoa! Very disturbing to me. How's Bill taking this? I would tell him to take a deep breath, probably two aspirins, and get a good night's sleep. <laughs> Hillary, you need to get you some. That's, uh, that's obvious. I've got a feeling. When you two finally get a chance to hit it... I have a feeling it's going to be very interesting. The sky will open. The light will come down. Celestial choirs will be singing. And the world will be perfect. Explosive action. And I think we need to get laid. You fairy. It's a 131 and 560 WQ. Remember when she was mocking the fact that Obama's a great speaker and so on and so forth and all that? Oh, the uh, skies are going to open and the angels will come down and all this other crap, you know? That's her response. As opposed to the fact that she's whiny and shrill and the half of the country hates her like poison. But nevertheless. Right. 967 votes on Chris's poll. He's 969. You need only 31 votes in 28 minutes. That's barely more than one a minute. We can do it. Oh, look at that. Jefferson County, Missouri, man. They're like all in rowboats and stuff. They're like drowning over there. I think this is the great flood. You better call up Noah. You better get Noah on the phone, okay? That old drunk. Tell him it's, <coughs> tell him it's poor. Him. Get out the wine and the home and toss him. Or maybe call up Esther, okay? Tell her, Esther, that we need to do something to Haman. You notice throughout the Bible, it was always, uh, always God was telling the Jews. Uh, it was the Egyptians. It was uh, this one. Uh, to smite all the enemies. Kill them all. Right. Remember that? Sure. Of course I remember. Everybody was always chasing today. around the Jews. And, of course, if that's the way it was then, so, you know. Y'all started it. 
I beg your pardon? Y'all started it. Y'all? Yeah, you crossed that river, you started crap up. You picking on Moses again? Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't get to, you know. God punished him for being a big mouth. Big on the ego. fifth, what about Abraham? What about Avram Solomon? Oh, yeah, God punished him all right. How about Solomon's mind, King Solomon's mines? No, it's mines. There's the anti-war protesters in the, um, what is it called, March of the Dead in Washington. In Washington, D.C. That's what I just said. On the fifth anniversary of President Bush's invasion of Iraq, the president said he had no doubts about waging the unpopular war despite the high cost in lives and treasure. In other words, all the blood on his hands and all the money that we've peed down the toilet. Vice President Dick Cheney, Cheney had a different message. Informed during a Good Morning America interview broadcast today that two-thirds of Americans now think the war wasn't worth fighting, Cheney said, So, you know something? He is a real bastard. Yeah. So you don't care what the American people think? ABC's Martha Raddatz asked. He added, I think we can't be blown off course by the fluctuations of the public opinion polls. There has, in fact, been fundamental change and transformation and improvement for the better. That's a huge accomplishment. Right. Cheney added that the economy was going through a rough patch. There's no question about it. The vice president is in Oman. Today he went fishing in the waters between Oman and Iran, borrowing the Sultan of Oman's 60-foot royal yacht. Mm-hmm. It's a hard job, man, but somebody's got to do it. A Cheney spokeswoman told the Associated Press that the vice president, his wife Lynn, and daughter Liz... You, you fairy! A former State Department official who's traveling with her father as a private citizen headed out under sunny skies into the Gulf of Oman on Kingfish One, owned by Sultan Qaboos bin Said. Kingfish One. Sounds like something from the Jeffersons, doesn't it? Right. Sounds like something from Step and Fetch and Kingfish One. What? Amos and Andy. Yeah, Amos and Andy, that's right. Cheney has had a personal relationship with the Sultan going back to the time when the Vice President was Defense Secretary, but the Sultan didn't go along on a fishing trip. He's probably counting all the cash that uh, they left behind in the Royal Palace. Oman allows the U.S. to use four air bases, including one just 50 miles from Iran, for refueling logistics and storage of pre-positioned military supplies. He's out there fishing on the yacht, your vice president, and saying, hey, well, the American people don't like it, so what? Who cares, okay? Halliburton right. liked it. Kellogg, Brown, and Root, they liked it. Bachtel. Bachtel liked it, that's right. Achtung liked it. Kishmir and Tokas liked it. At any rate, that's your vice president for you, man. A real butcher, a real thief. They still don't have my glasses fixed yet. They sent him back with the wrong earpiece. Sorry about that. Me too. Because these glasses I got now, they temples. aren't worth a crap. You mean what? temples, right? Didn't we uh, straighten that out? Yeah, temples. So what about it? I call it. Look, there, it's, leave the temple for Purim, okay? It's only Wednesday. So don't start with the temples. Don't start playing so Jewish for the audience, all right? They know, they know better. Baruch Yeah, Melech Nine hundred and seventy-three votes on the poll. Let's see how it's going. Nine seventy-five. They're coming in now. See, now we've got the numbers turned around. Now you only need twenty-five minutes in twenty-four. Uh, what do you need? Like one a minute, and you'll have your thousand. And this is going to be a miracle, the likes of which even King Solomon would be amazed and astonished by it. Even uh, what's his name, Geraldo. Remember, Geraldo was looking into that. Um, what was he looking into? The vault. Al Capone's, Al Capone's vault. vault. He said, Oi, Gewalt. And they opened it up, and it was like an empty wine bottle. And it, was, it wasn't even Manischewitz. I think it was like uh, Grandma Boom or something Mitchell like that. It was, no, it was Ripple. 
And that's the best Al Capone could afford. What kind of a bank robber drinks Ripple anyhow, huh? Well, he didn't. He made a lot of money. He didn't spend any of it. No, I know people like that. 976 on Chris's poll. Oh, there's Ahmadinejad. And isn't it ironic, Mr. Dubai? Here we are standing where Saddam Hussein once stood, and he built these crops. Well, look at this. Kara Phillips, Ahmed, a journalist, man. She's standing there with, his, with her fatigues and a stupid CNN cap and her hair uh, uh, smeared through the back of the cap there. She's a journalist in Iraq. This, this is what CNN gives the world. It's Kara Phillips. And they got her on a split screen with Ahmadinejad on the other side. U.S. Iran, do you truly believe, does the Prime Minister truly believe that you can talk with this president? We are paying on, oh, we are paying the price of some of adversaries of Iran. Iran is having a problem with the Arabs. We are paying here in Iraq. We have problems. Speak it English, baby. I can't understand a damn thing he's saying, man. I can't deal with that. You know, speak it English. And don't speak no frog. Now, there are some real good ones for you. The French, they never met a terrorist they didn't like. You know that. Mm-hmm. Am I right about that? Yes, yes, you are. The French never met a terrorist that they didn't love, not just like, but love. They shower them with uh, love. Kisses and flowers. 976 on the poll. Let's crank it up, baby. The biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Push the My funds making my car run, but I didn't get real far. I got a crummy deal feeding these four wheels, maxing out my car. Can't drive around till the price goes down. I thought I could, but I was wrong. With their pumping, got my wallet drinking, so I stopped here at Exxon. And I said, Exxon is what's making me poor. Makes me alright, tapping out my cash flow. Forty-three at five sixty WQM. Thank you, Mr. President, again for those low gas prices. We hooked up the American Cube. and uh, we got nothing. We got squat. Got a lot of blood in it, though. Maybe that's what we got in the pipeline is the blood. Maybe think say the oil. Maybe try about putting a bunch of blood in your gas tank. See what happens. Stick your arm in there. So here's a fax from a. It says signed bats in the belfry. I like that. If George McGovern had to drop running mate Tom Eagleton in 72 because it was discovered that Eagleton had had electroshock therapy for depression, then why don't we find out what the Viet Cong did to McCain at the Hanoi Hilton? Yeah, that's a good point. Although, you know something? Uh, I don't think he can win a fixed election. Even though the polls show him ahead of both of the Democrats right now, that's because all this divisiveness and crap going on. Don't you think? Indeed. I mean, once the public realizes that he's an out-of-control maniac and he wants four more years of Bush... Well, once they see that, I think they're going to go running and screaming and shrieking and carrying on like a bunch of crazed lunatics, just like that. 994, you're only six votes away. There's no point even talking about 997. Look at that. All right. 16 minutes for three votes. We could do that with our hands tied behind our back, which is the way we do the show every day. So why the hell not? Right. Got my sh- shoes on, my pantalones, my shirt, my watch. What more do you need? Nothing. You got your underwear. You got my underwears. 
The U.S. Postal Service approves more than 10,000 requests from U.S. law enforcement each year to record names, addresses, and other information from outside, uh, outside of packages every year, according to information released through the Freedom of Information Act request. The warrantless surveillance mail program, as it is known, requires only the approval of the U.S. Postal Inspection Service Director and not a judge. Since 1998, the inspector has approved more than 97% of requests during criminal inquiries. New documents show, according to USA Today, which filed a request in 2004, 5, and 6, the most recent year provided, officials granted at least 99.5% of requests. The idea of government tracking that amount of mail is quite alarming. Director of the ACLU's National Security Project, Jamil Jaffer, told the paper, when you realize the figure does not include national security matters, the numbers are even more alarming. Officials would not disclose how much mail was monitored in national security or terror-related investigations. Under the Patriot Act, those who received letters notifying them that they were being investigated often were gagged from even reporting they're being targeted. They gagged them. Responding to a USA Today request for the national security-related data, Inspection Service Counsel Anthony Alverno wrote that even revealing the frequency of the surveillance would undermine its effectiveness to the detriment of the government's national security interests. There's reason to believe more mail may be opened as well. In late 2006, a signing statement issued by President Bush suggested that his office had expanded executive branch power to open mail without a warrant. The signing statement accompanied H.R. 6407, the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act of 2006, which reiterated a prohibition on opening first-class mail without a warrant. In 96, the postal regulations were altered to permit the opening of first-class mail without a warrant and narrowly defined cases where the postal inspector believes there's a credible threat that the package contains dangerous material like una bomba, bombs, the ACLU said in a press release at the time. Instead of referencing the narrow exception in the postal regulations, the president's signing statement suggests that he's assuming broader authority to open mail without any warrant. In January 2007, the ACLU and Center for National Security Studies filed a Freedom of Information Act request seeking information regarding any additional warrantless mail surveillance. They're listening to your phone calls. They're reading your emails. They're checking your BlackBerry. They're uh, opening up your mail. They're checking the uh, library to see what books you're checking out. Mm -hmm. They're going to the bookstore, the adult bookstore, to see what videos you're taking home and who's screwing on them. All this stuff like that. All of these things. And guess how many votes we got on the poll? Oh! Right. Thousand. Three. Even. Oh, I haven't refreshed it. What? Oh, what? Thousand three. See that? You have little faith. I told you at the beginning of the show we could do a thousand, and you said you're crazy. Yeah, well, you know, one of these days I'll learn. You have little faith. The Dalai Lama threatened yesterday to step down as leader of Tibet's government in exile if violence committed by Tibetans in his homeland spirals out of control. What are we going to do if the Dalai Lama steps down? Hell, goodbye, Dolly. I mean, yeah, what are you yeah. going to do then? Uh, I don't know. The rioting prompted Premier Wen Jibao to denounce the Dalai Lama supporters as separatists and accuse them of instigating the violence in Tibet's capital of Lhasa. It was China's highest level response today to the unrest. Did, now, have you seen them on the horses uh, riding in there like something from the Dark Ages? No. You haven't seen that? No. The Tibetans? No. The Dalai Lama, speaking to reporters, urged his countrymen to show restraint. He said that if things become out of control, his only option is to completely resign. Later, one of his top aides clarified the Dalai Lama's comments. If the Tibetans were to choose the path of violence, he would have to resign because he's completely committed to nonviolence. He would resign as the political leader and head of state, but not as the Dalai Lama. He will always be the Dalai Lama. Just like I'll always be. Oh, God! You'll always be whatever you are. You know? That's right. This guy here. Right. 
The recent protest at the Tibetan capital Lhasa, led by monks, began peacefully March 10th on the anniversary of a failed 1959 uprising against Chinese rule. But they grew increasingly violent, culminating Friday with widespread street violence. Chinese officials say 16 people were killed, but the Tibetan government in exile put the total at 80. What the hell? Who wants to live in Tibet, you know? I don't know. R- Richard Gere? Does Richard Gere live there? Why is that? They got a lot of gerbils no, no, there? No, uh, he visits. Yeah, you know, he's a Buddhist, at least he says. He's a Buddhist? I don't know any Buddhists. I know a lot of you people who I say they are. Today? I wonder if I have time. How long is this? I don't a know. New this here's Mohammed and David, reporting live from Washington. Sit-down comic Boca Brian is about to appear before a Senate Oversight Committee for violating the privilege of speech with such low-down, dirty bits as the Condoleezza song and the sort of mo-bits. <laughs> He's getting out of the car now. Hey, Brian, listen, you. Isn't it true you are some voice of Connie Pinko dissenter who pokes holes in the fabric of our united corporate empire? I find white potato salad to be more appealing than yellow. Now see here, with the press, you better take it seriously, pal. And besides that, I uh, can't pop my first question. Well, then how about the... Should Candy Crowley uh, rent shade at the beach? How dare you make light of what we want to be in a serious situation over here? Does Sarah Silverman really think she's beautiful? Well, I never... You dare toy with us? Let me remind you, we're the press. Who's that we are? Go back to your cubicles and tell everybody war is good and the economy's never been better. Why, I'll have you know it's our job to turn negative headlines into tasty sugar-coated toys. Speaking of that, you think they'll ever come out with the malted-flavored Maalox? Well, that's it. We're leaving. You won't come out to play with us. <laughs> okay, one fifty, ten before uh, one, uh, yeah, before two, whatever the hell time it is at QM. We got uh, a little different schedule today. We got the jerk show coming up at two, but then we got the DA show for the Mad Dog, four to seven, and John Linder in the nine to midnight slot after the uh, massive tune out. Dolphins all ass uh, seven to nine. Isn't that the uh, tune out for show? Uh, you're asking. Bribery, me? drug trafficking, migrant smuggling, U.S. Customs and Border Protection is supposed to stop these types of crimes. Instead, so many of its officers have been charged with committing these crimes themselves that their boss in Washington recently issued an order about the disturbing events and increase in the number of employee arrests. Thomas S. Winkowski, Assistant Commissioner of Field Operations, wrote a memo to more than 20,000 officers nationwide noting that employees must behave professionally at all times, even when not on the job, not on the yob, even when drinking apple juice. It is our responsibility to uphold the laws, not break the law, Winkowski wrote in the November 16th memo obtained by the Miami Herald. Winkowski's memo cites employees' arrest involving domestic violence, DUI, and drug possession. The court records show customs officers and other Department of Homeland Security employees from South Florida to the Mexican border have been charged with dozens of far more serious offenses. Among them, a customs and border protection officer at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood Airport was charged in February with conspiring to assist a New York drug ring under investigation by tapping into sensitive federal databases. How do you like that? They're protecting. This is Homeland Security, man. Don't you feel safe? All the time. Let's go into the house where we'll feel safe and lock the door and hide under the bed. All you kids in school, man, hide under your desk. Back like they showed us in the 50s when they were going to drop the nukes back during the Cold War. Hide under the desk. We'll let you know when it's safe to come out. 1,009 votes on the poll, boy. I, I tell you, that's a real feather in my ass. That's a real curly, wild uh, feather. And Chris's fat ass, too. All the feathers, mm-hmm. all the time. 
Don't you feel like we had a major accomplishment today? Yes. I'll tell you when my accomplishment started, when Clarence came in this morning and said, you don't have to work on a Friday. I said, wow, that sounds like a major accomplishment to me. And then George said, yeah, but it was only a two-hour show. And I, and I thought, well, it's like a minor accomplishment to me. Thank you. Yeah. Biggest names. I'll take Best it. Talents. Still a day off. The sports leader. It's day. Uh-huh. In Miami town. Uh-huh. At 560 WQAM.